Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, we're live here at Culturally Cancelled with me, Russell Peters. Um, It's another episode. We don't do these very often where it's just me and one person. Usually it's me and a couple of people, and uh, but this time I feel blessed to have um, this gentleman across from me because uh, uh, I we we met a few years ago, many I remember about almost seven eight years ago I guess now, and we we always texted each other, uh, which was always good. I didn't think when he first gave me his number and I texted him, I didn't think he was going to reply. I thought, or he'd be like, eh, I don't remember who this is, because that happens in this fucking business all the time. And uh, but I've been a fan of this guy for a very, very long time. And then the more people I say his name to, the more people go, holy shit, I love that guy. He's fucking awesome. Anyway, Clifton Collins Jr. is sitting across from me right now. What up, Clifton? Thanks for having me, brother. I know. He's the most Mexican looking guy with a black guy's name <laughs> and an Irish last name, which makes no sense because apparently your dad's German. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I know. For a long time, it was a uh, it was it's sloppy. <laughs> and then, uh, by the way, Piper the dog is here, and she's being a fucking brat because she dropped her toy and she's whining because she wants somebody to pick up her toy for her. You lazy bitch. Or, or one could argue it's just a commentary. It is. <clears throat> it's a little pug commentary. Yeah, she's like, somebody play with me. So here's what I was trying to tell you before we came on the air, Cliff. Um, so when I first met you, and even before I met you, I all and I would see you in movies, obviously, I always thought that you were Little puppet from American Danny, Me. Danny De La Paz. Yeah, and I t- even when I look at you now, I still think it's puppet, right? That's, or little puppet. Well, that's got to be one. He's one of them. You know him though, right? I do. Do you guys look alike, or is it my imagination? That's uh, your imagination. Wow. But you got a vivid imagination. That's good. Yeah. Or is it little puppet then? It must have been little puppet, because puppet didn't look like you, but little puppet is brother the one that they killed. You know, now that don't I don't look think at me, little puppet. Don't look okay. at me when he's killing. Look away. <laughs> you, you know how you do when you're killing your brother. Yeah, uh, the old kill your brother scenario. Yeah, you don't know, want to make eye contact. It's just creepy. Yeah, you know, I just thought you got thinner. You know what I mean? Who me? I, yeah, I thought like when I look at that, I go, I thought, I still, I like, I thought you got thinner over the years, and that's you were just had a chubby face or something. You know? Oh, I mean? that's Danny Villarreal. Yeah. Wow, that's a throwback, brother. Got that's yeah. 1994 Was it? Was that? Yeah, was Jacob Vargas was in that too. He was young in that. He was probably twenty two or twenty three. And the Japanese guy was in it. What's his name? Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's a lot of heavy issues with that film. They did. Yeah, yeah. They, they well, it was a great movie, but it, yeah, it caused problems for them. Yeah, and a lot of people had to get them out of those problems. Yeah, and some didn't make it. Yeah, well, you know, didn't Danny get them out of some of the problems? 
I don't know. I heard Danny made a call to like, listen, he didn't to really smooth it over. He didn't like get him out. He was just like, listen, let me just explain on this guy's behalf. He didn't, you know. You get a phone call from the Bay, you got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, that's true for sure. There's a reason there was no. Uh, I'd get collect calls from the Bay, but those were my friends. Yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> hey, can you put some money in my commissary? <laughs> I love doing it for my friends, though. Send them some shoes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, you know, and then they brag about it. Do they? A friend, he's an actor. He gave me these. And then they go, put on this movie. He's in it. Put on this movie. He's in it. He's in this Dio. movie. <laughs> okay, put on Encino Man. I did drop to 143, though. But that's not when you knew me. When you knew me, I was more like 160. You're, you're not like a big guy to begin with. Like you have a small face. So no matter what you do, you'll always look thin. I have my face is the first thing to get fat on me. Is it? Yeah. And like, so I could drop weight on my body. My face will still be like puffy. And I'm like, what? I'm not even drinking anymore. What are you doing? Why am I still puffy? Oh, wow. Yeah, it sucks. I get it on my belly. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have it there than on my fucking face, because then at least you can just do a headshot and still look good. You and wear know? a big jacket. Yeah, wear a big jacket. Wear, wear some baggy clothes. Oh, know? yeah, baggy clothes is the way. What are you working on right now? Um, right now, I'm, uh, I'm writing my, my grandfather's life story. Great girl? Yes, sir. Tell us about him. It's, a, it's an origin story, starting mm-hmm. uh, at his birth, 1925, all the way until his uh, discovery on the Groucho Marx show, the You Bet Your Life show. Oh, wow. My dad was born in 1925. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow, brother. That's dope. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's taken me down some rabbit holes. I've, I've traced my family lineage to the Carpas of the 1900s. Um, my, my, my theater background, going back to the 1830s, 39 Spain. So this is genetic for you. This isn't really a choice. Apparently. Yeah, it's like, kind of, <laughs> it literally, it's like, you know, your grandfather was a, um, you know, I knew his name. Contract player for John Wayne. That's crazy, right? Couldn't even read. Yeah, Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez? Yeah, he started started to perform when he was six years old. Well, was he a, ta- he was a dancer too, though. A tap dancer, hoofer, jitterbug, Charleston, a comedian, uh, you know, he, he would quickly become the headliners of these. You know, Carpas were like the traveling vaudevillian shows of the day. Yeah. Um, you do like four or five performances and you move on to the next town. Um, so a lot of the families, it would be a, a family affair. Cause the, you yeah, because you still see them. Yeah. You still see them. I went to one. There's uh, was like the Vargas one, the Vargas family circus, you see. And, you know, it's like yeah, everybody's related. Yeah. And there's no shortage of Mexicans in a family. This is true. This is true. I mean, shit, my son is half Mexican, so, I mean, I get it. How did that happen? Yeah, well, you know, fucked up, but. (laughs) 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 So that's him. Look at him. There he is. Yeah. Uh, You don't look actually anything like him. Oh, there you go. There you go. You got the eyes. Yeah, I, I get it. I get a lot. I remember, the eyes and the nose. Eddie Eddie spoke uh, at my grandpa's funeral, and he was like, "Clifton, you gotta do play him in the movie." That would be dope. I, I mean, I mean, I'm writing it now, so it's uh, you know, I got a 150 page script. I'm, my next draft, I'm gonna be bringing it down. But uh, Guillermo del Toro sent me on my journey when I was doing a Nightmare Alley mm-hmm. in, in Toronto, and uh, one 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 night we uh, we were we were having a little wine and cheese with his girlfriend, and. Uh, like dinner was finished, like, you know, Ron Perlman had just left and Willem Dafoe and Tony Collette. It was just the three of us. And they wanted to watch a trailer to Jockey. So I showed them the trailer and he's like, it's Guillermo del Toro, man. It's yeah. like, he's like our Hitchcock. So he's sitting there and he's like, ah, cabron. And he likes to call me a Clifferton. He goes, Clifferton, mira, cabron. He goes, I want to tell you something. I'm like, I'm like what? 
He goes, look, you and your grandpa and, and your great grandmother and, and all the, the history of the carpas and this and that. He goes, you're, you're, you're the Latino Barrymore's cabron. You kind of are. Yeah, I was like, are. no, no, Guillermo, come on, please. Does that please. make you Drew? What's that? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Does It would make me Drew because I'm not Lionel. I'm not, uh, you know, because it your goes Your grandfather's backpack. John. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> your quite, grandfather's John Barrymore. Uh, there's even uh, the, the, the mother, uh, John's mom was in vaudeville. Yeah. Um, so I was like, no, no, no. I just, it's hard to accept those kind of praises from somebody you revere and look up to so much like uh, Guillermo. You yeah. know, it's really hard. So I was like, I, I don't feel... I said, no, Guillermo, no. And then he like looked at me real serious and he leaned forward and he goes, yes, you are. And I said, okay, I am. Guillermo del Toro was Mexican or I thought or was he Mexican? Spanish? Mexican. I always thought he was from Spain for some reason. I don't know why. Is Benicio and him related? No. Really? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, when I say Guillermo, they think I mean Benicio and vice versa. And they're not. Benicio's not Mexican though. No. He's Spanish. He, he, or is no, he? he's, he's, he's a Puerto Rican. Is he Puerto Rican? He's no, a Puerto Rican. really? Mm -hmm. It's I not his fault. No, I mean, you can't have everything. No, I you mean, can't. <laughs> I never knew Benicio Del Toro was Puerto Rican. He didn't look Puerto Rican. He looks... He's got to be a mix of stuff. I haven't spoken to him in a while. He's very brown. Yeah, born in Puerto Rico. Really? Huh. It's good to have a fact checker. Yeah, though we got Eddie and Paulie over there. Uh, Eddie's not <laughs> fact checking. <laughs> look at that. Oh, yeah. He's only fucking three years older than us. Is he really? <laughs> I texted him when he turned 50. So three years ago. Uh, I mean, five years ago. Yeah. I don't think he was happy about it. No? I was like, happy birthday, you old fucker. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> 50. I just turned 51. Yeah. I'm turning 51 in a month. So oh, wow. Yeah, I get it. We're the same age. Yeah. You were a brand. Uh, somebody, Michael Jai White was the one that told me yesterday. He goes, you know, that uh, Clifton Collins is a really fucking talented tap dancer. I said, What? I said, how do you know that? He goes, it's common knowledge. I go, I, I didn't know this. I never even heard that. I wouldn't associate you with tap dancing. How does this even happen? Uh, my grandpa got us tapping when we were seven years old. Mm -hmm. Like Arthur Duncan would come over like from the Lawrence Welk show. Mm -hmm. And we'd uh, sit there with me and my cousin and show us routines. My aunt was a dancer. Um, obviously, my grandfather was a hooker. And my grandfather, I got footage of him doing like break dance moves on the Jimmy Durante show. Well, yeah, there was those, oh, there's a lot of old footage. Uh, like, because uh, I was a B-boy back in the day. Okay. You were? Yeah. So there was a lot. There's a lot of footage from like the 30s and 40s. Of people doing these moves, and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" And they, they go, that's, "That's a breakdancing move now." But back then, it was like part of, you know, the jitterbug or whatever it was they were doing at the moment, you know. And it was just a hard move to do. Well, when I I actually got uh, my hands on the uh, the Jimmy Durante show that he did with Robert Mitchum. Wow. Yeah, and see, I, these are all like fucking insanely legendary names. It's not like. You know, my dad, my grandfather, you know, when he met, um, you know, there was a day player in a spaghetti western, you know. These are like, these are big, big names. You, you know? know, and as a kid growing up, I, I, you know, you hear Robert Mitchum, but I was more impressed with the fact that he knew Daffy Duck and that he knew uh, Speedy Gonzalez and that because mm -hmm. he, he did three uh, cartoons. He knew Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc loved him. Here's the funny thing. The last podcast I did before this mm -hmm. was with this guy named Eric Bauza, who's a Filipino kid from Toronto. Who is now the voice of all the characters in Looney Tunes? Oh wow, okay, yeah, because his son did them for a little while. Yeah, Mel Blanc, and then his what's his son's name? Was it Mel Junior? No, I don't think it was. I can't remember. It's like he Harvey Blank or Henry Blank or something. I, I, or, I've met him. A I'm few drawing times. a blank right now. Same. <laughs> I'm drawing a big blank. Noel? No. Oh no, so Noel then. Hmm. Yeah, it's N O E L. 
Yeah. So, no, Gra- no. so Gramps used to tell me this story that uh, uh, Mitchum would be pr- pretty wasted at rehearsals. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, <clears throat> so they'd be rehearsing and stuff, and he was supposed to learn this Spanish song to sing while he's on a hammock because it was very Mexican themed. Right. And my grandfather got to do a lot of his routine playing the frying pans and stuff, and. Uh, uh, and Bobby was so messed up, he couldn't, didn't know the words or anything. So my grandpa told me this story when I was a kid that he was a big old flower pot. So I just went behind it and I, I hid right behind it and I'd sing the song to him. And then, and then Bobby would, would just repeat the, the lyrics and he'd sing, like, sing it the way he'd sing it. And I was like, so I heard this story forever. And then when my grandpa got sick with cancer, um, I think the, the, the performance, I believe, was February 11th, 1956. So I went to the, the Beverly Hills Museum of Radio and Science yep. Television, and they knew my grandfather was sick. So they said, we would really love it if your grandpa was able to see this. Could he, could he come in? I said, I would love it if he saw it too. He's got his chemo pack and all this. I don't think I could get him here. So, well, you know, we're going to do a special thing. And they, they, went, they went out of their way, got in touch with the people in New York, sent me a copy within four days, and I got to watch it with them for the very first time. And he had never seen it. He would never actually seen the footage. Wow. He's like, Mijo, you showing this to me was like you never having seen Capote and then seeing it 50 years later. Because almost 50 years later to the day, because he died shortly thereafter. Yeah. How and old then, was he when he passed? I, I, I couldn't even tell you. How long ago was it? 06. Oh, okay. So he was, uh, he was 81. He was 80. Because my dad passed in 04 and he was 78 and they're the same age. So. Yeah, it would have been 80. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we're watching it, and then sure enough, there goes the hammock scene. He goes, Mio, right there, there's the flower, but I'm hiding right behind that. Wow. So to put that together as a kid and then be in my like, late 30s, mm-hmm. you know, and finally, it was just such a, such a beautiful, magical bookend. I, I, I tend to, uh, when I go on YouTube, I watch a lot of the stuff that I saw when I was a kid mm-hmm. in the 70s and to try and re-understand it. Yes. You know what I mean? To it's really appreciate what I was looking at. So I watch a lot of old Carson interviews and stuff, and I realize what a fucking dope time that was. Carson, I, I watched a, a Groucho interview not that long ago um, when he was older. Yeah. And, and the reporter asked him uh, if he thought the world was funny. And Groucho had told him, no, I don't think the world is funny. In fact, the world is filled with pain. And it made me think because, as you know, a, a, a tragedy plus passage of time equals comedy Mm -hmm. and it made me realize that he was coming to terms with his own mortality and realizing that he doesn't have enough time to process all the stuff he's really hyper aware with yeah and of i loved groucho groucho i mean i I, like i love the marx brothers have you seen the episode of my grandfather and groucho on the you bet your you bet no eddie pull that up oh lord groucho marx you bet your life with pedro gonzalez this uh they would remain friends to the very end yeah like groucho I would watch um, like duck soup and all that stuff. I watched it recently. Uh, what was the feathers one? What was the there was a feathers movie called? They had a movie called something with feathers in it. Yeah, their their uncle helped them because their mom, um, you know, because Groucho was was fairly, he, he, you know, he left. He was out of school by the age of fourteen. Yeah, that's uh, like kind of normal back then. It kind of was, especially people in the entertainment business. The yeah, but they would do not so great. Uh, in yeah, there you go. Present. Like watching this now, even you're like so fucking dope just to see. It, it, it's just so it's so retro. It seems retro, but still seems like when you really think about it, like we're all part of the same wave of the same thing. How long you been? Because it didn't exist when they were kids. 
<laughs> what did he say? Nine years. I'm afraid to ask this next question. You gotta see the dance he does. He just does a quick little dance for him. Was your wife named Gonzalez before you married her? No. Oh. How did you meet Mrs. Gonzalez Gonzalez? Well, she was working in San Antonio in an old theater. She was a dancer. And I have a friend, and then he took me to her in backstage. And then she gave me a good look, and I give her another good look. That's his real voice? Yeah. 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 What kind of a look did you give this girl when you met her backstage? Uh, could you give us a sample look, Pedro? Well, I just... Can I look at her? Look, yeah, I think so. <laughs> did you, you guys have the Pedro same eyes, nose, and mouth? That's crazy. <laughs> did this have any effect on you at all, uh, Sally? I look back. <laughs> well, I'm curious. Talk to your grandmother. Pedro, uh, He's talking. Well, that's it. Because her daughter was so young. That's another. Uh, that's just another contestant. You know, I remember oh, okay. one time I went to to see my girlfriend. I took her a serenade. You took her a serenade? Yeah, like the, I saw in the movie. They take serenade. So I took a serenade to her, and then I had my guitar and I started singing as a song. When I was singing the song, I saw the window open. And I thought it was my girlfriend who wanted to give me a nice, good, nice kiss. Good and she's night. upstairs and you're downstairs? Yes, sir. Well, how could she kiss you if she was upstairs and you were down? Well, I think I can climb up. <laughs> and she then, was younger than you. She could have climbed down, too. You? What year was this? And 1953. The, the open. Oh, wow. So you, your, your grandfather was 28 years old here. 27. 27, yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah, they got married. He was 17 and she was 15. Wow. She threw a pail of water on you? Yeah. What were you singing? Kiss a fire? <laughs> what were you singing? Do you remember? Oh, I was singing the Rancho Grande. So watch. Oh, the This where he sings his. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the Rancho Grande. Uh, you want it in English? We're in <laughs> Was he meaning to be this funny? He's just naturally off the cuff. Right. Yeah. Because he's playing it so deadpan. No, what would you call that, what you just did? Uh, Rancho Grande. I mean. <laughs> would you call that English or Spanish? Well, I think I'd call it English. I, uh, you do it in English, huh? In English? Yeah. Over there in the big range, I have a beautiful... Oh, I have... <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder you got the water. <laughs> uh, and I dance, too. You do, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, could you do a little dance with us? Sure, why not? Check this out. What kind of dances do you do? You come over here, Sally, yeah? Oh. And you go over there and dance, huh? Huh? You, you want me to dance? Yeah. What do you want me to dance? I dance the jarabe tapatillo, I dance uh, uh, la bamba, I dance little mambo, and I dance, you know... Well, do, do something that you do very well. Okay. Well, when I dance, I... I just did la That was a breakdancing move. That. So that became a breakdancing move. 
Yeah. They added that into top rocking. When you would top rock, you would add that little stomp with the leg pull. Okay, okay. So, so uh, radio between 1935 and 1945 was your predominant form of entertainment at home. Right, You exactly. could buy it for $7 all the way up to like 5000 radios back then. So they had a radio version of this, which I also have. Mm-hmm. And he actually sings a longer version of the song. And he really gets into the Spanish version of it. Right. And then he's like, and he knows, he, he's totally playing it like, like he's playing a deadpan. He's yeah. like, uh, what's the matter? Don't we have a band here? And then, and then Groucho laughs like, ha, ha, ha. He goes, hit it, boys. And then the band just like, dump, dump, dump. And then he's like, he just starts wailing. And that was the radio version. But they cut it for television. Groucho went over on this show. Like the, the there was a time limit where it was yeah. supposed to stop. And he just let it go because he was laughing so hard and he didn't care. He told NBC just let him go. And it was live then, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the crazy part. That, like they weren't. <clears throat> nobody was a slave to anything back then. Yet they were all still slaves to it. Yes. Like nobody. Like they all. They all had the ability to do. Like they were. They were kind of more in control than the studios were back then. But then the studios would lock you into these crazy fucking deals and stuff, you know? For sure, which would happen later. But for this particularly, he was really, he almost didn't go to this because uh, when Walter O'Keefe called Groucho to let him know that he found this guy that could help him with his ratings, he was like, okay, cool. Well, can I bring my act? You want me to do my frying pans, my dancing, my routines? What do you want to do? He goes, no, no, you're just going to answer some questions. He goes, answer questions? I barely speak English. You just heard all the words I know. Yeah. And he's like, no, it'll be, it'll be easy. You're going to answer questions. So he tells my grandma, he's like, I don't think I'm going to go. I, I just, uh, this is embarrassing. Like, I can't bring my act. I'm like, I'm handcuffed. Yeah. I, I, I can't be funny. I'm going to look like an ass. And everybody knows how good of a performer I am. I, I can't read. You know, I can't do these things. So he's like, well, we need money. We need this. We need that. Why don't you just go? He was like, so he takes his plane ticket. He's never flown before. He, he Where was he? San Antonio. Oh, okay. And then he. So he cashes right. it in for a yeah. bus ticket. Wow. He leaves early. takes the RTD. He lands at the at the uh, the the RTD in Hollywood, right. which is in the original A Star Is Born. When that actress comes off, it's the same uh, right. bus station, and then he walks to NBC, which used to be on the corner there where that bank is on Sunset and Coenga. Oh yeah, which is where actually he he would have had to have walked past where his star is now. That wow. me and Sam Jackson. Got. That's wild, right? It's really surreal. I told Sam when we got his star, I was like, Sam, my grandpa landed at that bus station. He had to walk past us to get to. That's where NBC used to be. It was just a trippy moment. Yeah. Uh, so when, when he gets to NBC, they, the guy at the gate's like, oh, you're here for the janitorial position. Oh, and, wow. And Grandpa's like, oh, no, but I, I can help you. I'm here to see Mr. White. Here's the, the letter. And then uh, he, he shows him the letter. He goes, oh, my God. And he realized he's meeting Mr. White, like the yeah. big producer. like, oh, oh, yes, oh, Mr. Gonzalez. Like, oh, no big deal. So he's, he goes, uh, he's just go in there and go to the left and da-da-da-da. And he's like... So he goes, he's completely blown away. He's so, he's really scared of being, looking, being unfunny, right. untalented. Um, the, the, uh, he's, he's going down these hallways and there's people rehearsing in different studios. And this one studio is open, these two doors are open and there's these whole people dancing. It stops and my grandpa walks in. He's, oh, excuse me, uh, could, could I get a little help? And this sweaty woman turns around and like, oh, wow, look at, the, oh, look at this guy. He must be a big shot coming in here. Oh, oh yeah, what's so big? What do you need? What's, what's the big story here? He oh, I just I want to try to get to Studio 3 or uh, uh, here because he couldn't read. Right. So he shows it to her. He goes, what? He goes, it says da-da-da-da, da-da-da. And he grabs her. And he, she grabs him. And he wore, you know, he's like a, a, a buck 40 wet, you know, mm-hmm. and throws him. Uh, and, and that was Judy Garland. Wow. And, and this then, bitch. And then, 
And then a year later, a year later, and I can, and I've got, I've got the uh, the Western Union letter from Jack Warner. I've got about like eight Western Union letters from Jack Warner, right. and it's inviting him to the the Star Is Born for Judy Garland. And my grandfather and Natalie Wood introduced the film at the Pendagus Theater. Wow! So did your grandfather smash Natalie Wood too? He, I would have loved. Well, he would have never told me. <laughs> Who was I? What was that? Uh, she actor? was hot though. Yeah, I, I was oh friends with. Um, what was his name? He, when I moved to Malibu, he, he I became friends with the old guy. He passed away last year. Oh, Robert no. Oh, I loved Forrester. Not Robert Forrester. The knock the battery off my shoulder guy. Oh, Conrad. Yeah, Conrad. Oh, Robert Conrad. Conrad yeah. I, I love Conrad. I would have lunch with Bobby Conrad at uh, this restaurant out there when I lived in Malibu. <clears throat> and uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, fuck Natalie Wood. I'm like, what? Whoa. He would tell me about it. I was like, yeah, I got some good pussy back in the day. I was like, all right. Well, he already won up my entire life with Natalie Wood. I mean, you know. <laughs> Man, and then he was like, "Everybody fucked Natalie Wood." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" I uh, my my grandpa shared some stories. Yeah, well, because he was a contract player with with Dennis Hopper, um, a James Dean, uh, Nick Adams. These um, are not minor Alfalfa. names. Yeah. Alfalfa, Alfalfa, and that was a nickname that he carried, even though he was from the Little Rascals. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was the Little Rascals Alfalfa. Yeah. Uh huh. Didn't he kill himself? No, he got killed over gambling debt. He That's like what it, was. It, it was like he went to the guy's house to I, I think to collect or pay or something, and and the the guy shot him. Yes, I did hear this story. Yeah, but they were all friends, um, so I heard a lot of stories. I was friends with Dennis Hopper since '91. That's crazy, right? I, I got pictures of Grandpa and him, and and he was friends. He was with uh, Dean when when Dean um, uh, was at the Pierre D'Angie uh, wedding, crying. And he got on his motorcycle and took off, and my grandpa was trying to console him. I had these, all kinds of these stories I grew up with. That's, just, these are cra- like these are like, you know. I have a friend. I you know he would have been great on this with us. My buddy Clay, Clay Roberts. His dad was Ben Roberts. Um, ben Roberts wrote all the Jimmy Cagney movies. Oh wow! And then he created Charlie's Angels, Ironside, okay. Mannix, Mission oh, Impossible. Wow. So my buddy Clay, he uh, you know, he's he's only a couple of years old. He's the same age as us, basically. And uh, so he always tells me these wild stories. And I'm like, like to hear like, the, you know, like, because, you know, they're real and nobody's just doing it to drop names. They're just these just happen to be the fucking names. I'll, later, I'll show you a photo. I got a photo of uh, a, a Dennis Hopper, my grandpa and Pat Wayne in a bar in Tijuana when they were filming. Um, Pat Wayne, John Wayne's brother? Uh, 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 son. Son. Right. Yeah. Mike Wayne was the eldest. And then Pat Wayne. Um who at the time was was at Loyola Marymount studying to become a priest, but he didn't. Well, yeah, yeah. No, that never works out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Bob Conrad, though, I, I did a, a pic, picture with him back in, um, I did a talkie with him, see, back in uh, yeah, 90, uh, 96. Those were the movies that my buddy Clay's dad wrote. Oh, I love those films. And he was like, he would write those and he would be like, What's a good line here? You'll never get away with a copper, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? see? Yeah. Nah, see? Yeah. Uh, uh, the cadence of the era is pretty awesome. I love that whole lingo. But I did a, so I, I right before I wrapped this thing that I was doing with Conrad, I got one of the prop masters to give me a, a, 
a D-sized Duracell battery. So I, I took a picture. I said, Bob, come on, let's take a pic. He's like, all right. And you know, he's, he was a petite guy. Yeah, he was so frail. I, I put it on his shoulder like that, and he never knew about it. So I've got the pic at home. Oh, that's awesome. I might have it on my phone, actually. I'll pull it up later. See, see the, these, are, these, are the, these are the great moments that you get in your life. And well, was, yeah. When I did the research, when I went back to look at the commercial, it wasn't a Duracell battery. It was a different no. battery. But well, who cares? Well, and what was it? What was the battery, Paulie? You're old. I think Tell it's us. the one with the cats. The the oh, ever ready. Uh, ever I remember ready? the uh, no. It wasn't ever ready. I remember the ones with the cats on it. What were they called? Was ever ready the cats? We're, we're dating ourselves. Ever ready. ever ready. It was ever ready. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. They'd always fuck up Take your a, toys. Find Robert Conrad battery commercial pick or or commercial. Yeah. And did you ever see that blooper? Because I, I I know he was kind of difficult with from with Cruz when he was younger. But uh, they threw a pie in his face on one of those commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that. <laughs> no, he was still that guy, even when in his twilight. He was, <laughs> he was still telling me, I'll fucking fight you, boy. There he is. Look at Bob. Wow. Alkaline. He looked nothing like that when, we were, when I knew him. Yeah, no, he looked I, like a ghost. Eyes were sunken in. It was after he had that car accident, too, so he wasn't walking properly. And <clears throat> he came to my house one time, and I don't know if we got him drunk or not. And then I dropped him home, and then he made me come and hang out at his house with him. Made you. Well, okay, yeah, fine. You know, you know, I'll wait, go, Bob. Well, no, you know what it is? You know what you feel bad? Because you actually find out that the guy's kind of lonely. And oh, he's like, yeah. hey, you want to come in? And you're like, yeah, I'll come in, Bob. Yeah, I'll come in. And you... You feel bad because the house is really nice. And he was like, yeah, just trying to get my wife back. And I bought this house hoping, you know, and I'm like, Jesus, this sucks, man. Yeah, that's because, you know, me. underneath all the rough exterior, he was just a regular sweet guy. For sure. Which is most of the tough guys that you ever meet. Ain't They're always the these sweet guys underneath. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning that. I'm learning that life's a funny thing when you get older. Your, your values change. Your filters change. You grow. You evolve. You know, you get more empathetic and your capacity for empathy grows, hopefully, if you're a good person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a good human. I mean, see, like, when, let's see, when I see guys like you in movies, because you're so fucking good at it, um, I always sit there and I go, oh, could I have ever done that role? No, I don't have the fucking, I don't have the ability to control my face the way you do. Like, and what I'm saying is when I see you in a role, your entire being is that role. Thank you, man. So when I see myself doing something, I can always see, I'm like, I fucking drifted off. I look at it and I go, I, I fucking not even paying attention. I, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not present. It's just, I could see it. I could see all the things I'm doing wrong when I watch myself. Oh, man. When it comes to acting, especially. Like, stand-up, I know how to do, like, the back of my head. I, I would love to, uh, I've got a lot of friends that call me for coaching. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never have a role good enough to get coached for. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if I had a role that would be good enough to get coached, I'd be like, Clifton, can you help me with this? You call me. I, look, I don't, the, the, I, and, my, and some of the youngsters that I mentor, like some of the people that I worked with that were kids, they're now like grown-ass men that yeah. will call me. Um, I, I, they know, don't call me for a guest spot. Yeah. Because I don't want to spend four hours with you on a guest spot. But if you got a, 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 a role that'll move the needle on the record, you call me, I'll be there for you. Yeah. I don't charge them nothing. And yeah. we're going to grind this bitch out till yeah, you're you bleeding know out tricks. of your eyeballs. You know tricks to this. Well, actually, well you, you, you study so much, you get past the tricks. Right. You can start with tricks. If you have a lot of time to prep, you, you, you fall back on some of the tricks that don't look like tricks. Yeah. But if you get the right proper time to prepare, 
you get in, you get past the tricks and you make that shit real. And that's when you, that's when the face changes and those things happen. But that originally started with me as a, as a result of not feeling worthy of a role as Clifton. Right. I'm like, I'm not right for this role and I'm glad I got this audition, but I can, I can bring somebody for you that is right. And that would be the character I created. So right. I will hide behind this mask. I said, that guy is better for this role than I am. Well, that's the thing. That's where I can't get to. Because um, you love yourself. I, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just, you know what it is? I trust my own self. And I don't know if I trust the commitment I can get to be that. Interesting. And that, you, and that comes with prep. Yeah, and I also don't prepare well. I, I would love to help you prep. That's yeah. right yeah, I don't prepare well. <laughs> so wish. that's my manager talking. That was uh, a, that was a voice in the in the clouds. That was he, God he's, speaking. He's not lying. <laughs> I mean, I I would dispute it if I thought he was wrong, but he's definitely not wrong. Uh, I would love to help you on that because it'll 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 I, I will give you a filter that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. You you won't even you might not even have to call me unless it's just to hang. Thank you, brother. You're not married, are you? Thankfully, no. Yeah, no kids. No, yeah. not, not not yet. I'm sure they'll come knocking. It's down. not. It's hey, not worth. Hey, you're my dad. Get that I Academy heard. Award. You'll find how There's many kids you got. There's gonna be a line of people. Yeah, like, yeah. Yo, you kind of look like me. You kind of look. Yeah. yeah, they're all gonna be mixed races. Yeah, well, you part gotta Asian, spread it part around. Black part Mexican, part Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got around. those. I got those. I'm equal opportunity. Yeah, my son's Mexican and Honduran, and my daughter's Ecuadorian and Honduran. Oh wow! And then my uh, my lady, uh, she's Filipina. Okay. And her daughters are black and Filipino. Okay. So I got, I'm kind of covering my bases so here. So next on the list, you'll be, have a part, uh, Filipino child. No, no, we're both too old for that now. That's, that's the good news. And that could go sour. That could, that could go south bad. I mean, and you got, you're, you're gambling with those two looks. I mean, what if they look kind of Filipino, but they get my nose? You know what I mean? That's awful. That's an awful deal for any uh, human being. It worked for Durani. Yeah, in the 30s and 40s. And he was, he had a fat nose. Duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> duly nosed did. <laughs> duly nosed did. Yeah, Grandpa was fond of. As you know, there's a there could be a lot of uh, uh, professional jealousy with these comedians, and that was uh, one of the warnings that Grandpa always uh, would tell me because he had, you know, Groucho was one of the few that really pushed him to be great, as did Durani. Groucho, let me tell you, I fucking love Groucho. Like I watched those movies just for Groucho scenes. I didn't like Harpo, and I didn't like um, uh, Chico. Chico. Chico it just wanted to be a piano a bar bar player. That's what he yeah. aspired to. Harpo was the quiet one, right? He was the quiet one, and he took up the harp because he just wanted to have something to do. Yeah, but he'd always have the horn. Yeah, he he came up with that stuff because yeah. they they you know when they would come up in vaudeville they they would get fired from every show they got hired so the mom as the manager had to rename the group every time oh here's the new group I have and it was the same brothers yeah yeah, yeah. and then one of their uncles was like who's kind of a semi successful playwright was Marks their real last name uh, um no uh what's uh Groucho oh he's got a cool last name he's got a cool first name too what's Groucho Marx's real name Eddie I'm totally blanking right now. It's a really dope name. Julius, Julius Henry Marx. Oh, Marx was okay. the last name. Julius. And his, and his parents were immigrants. And his parents married when they were young. Really? Where was, him? Uh, where was his French? parents from? I think, his, I think his mom came when she was 14. She came over to... Uh, was he Jewish? Um, I can't remember. Because Julius Henry's... Jewish. They came from northern Germany, but his mother did when she was 16. 16 and Pops? Well, yeah, see, that Dick Cavett interview I just happened to watch recently. Oh, wow. On YouTube. Wait, oh, that's, is that the one when he's, is that the one where he says it's not funny? 
Um, it it yeah, I think that is the one because Dick, Dick Cavett's got some good ones. I got I watch so I watch Carson and I watch Dick Cavett interviews. Oh wow, and those uh, are my favorites. Jimmy, oh. Jimmy Hendrix, Janis Joplin, all oh yeah, Cavett. Cavett was I didn't even know how Cavett just got in with everybody like that. Because he, he was kind funny. of annoying. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was no Letterman. And, no, but he, and he would try to be funny, funnier than the guest. You're like, don't. And, Just and, let them do their thing. And shit would always fall flat on its face. Yeah. Kablack. Well, I, you know. I, and it's sometimes I, slightly I, condescending. Just slightly. Yeah, yeah, that tone, that's why. A little condescending. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's a new year, and that means it's time to let go of whatever wasn't working for you last year. And for many of us, that means letting go of unhealthy habits and getting fit. But between balancing work, family, and life in general, it can be hard to make fitness a priority. That's exactly why you need a program that works with you, not against you. FitBod's innovative algorithm learns about your goals and training abilities and crafts a personalized training regimen that's unique to you. So start the year off right with 25% off a FitBod membership. Using FitBod has been fantastic for me. It's like having a personal trainer that can fit in your schedule no matter what. I'm learning more advanced exercises and I also feel confident that my form is correct due to all of FitBod's expert tips and guidance. This is the perfect way for me to start upping my strength training game even when I'm traveling and my schedule's super full. Plus, FitBod's algorithm uses data and analytics to build on my last workout and maximize results so that I'm continuing to grow. Not grow in a fat way, grow in a good way. And challenge myself as time goes on. Seriously, whether you exercise three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. And FitBod even tracks your muscle recovery, balancing your workout plan with a variety of exercise to avoid overworking certain muscles. FitBot creates a program based on your unique goals, experience, and equipment. FitBot is super easy to use and even has brand new HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. And if you're worried that such a personalized system will cost the same as a personal trainer, don't worry. FitBot is only $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. And if you sign up now, you'll get 25% off your membership. So kick off the new year right and get started on your customized fitness plan from FitBot. Get 25% off a membership when you sign up now at fitbot.me slash peters. That's 25% off at fitbot.me slash peters.
I heard him and Eddie Murphy became really good friends. Really? Yeah. Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Dick Cavett still alive? How old is he now? 105. 84. <laughs> That's not too bad. It's not that bad. He looked young for his age even back then. How old was he back then? I mean, he was around in the 80s, too. I mean, what? so he must have been his... Well, he couldn't have been that old. You're right. He was young then. Yeah, I love watching them old shows, though, and lately I've been doing that. I mean, starting with, with Guillermo's uh, Nightmare Alley, to do the research, I got into the noir films. Right. So that was fun. And then getting into writing Grandpa's story, it just helped to uh, round the world. But, you know, as you noticed in the Groucho show, when he says, what kind of look did you give her? He asks permission. Can I look at her? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Jim Crow. The Jim Crow oh, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandpa and grandma went through the stuff that I've learned, the dark stuff from lynchings to my grandpa almost got lynched. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very similar to what happened to Indian people. My parents are from India. But when I was in South Africa doing shows and I was spending a lot of time there at one point, it was a, was a, that, a wait for that helicopter to go by or that plane, whatever it was. Harrison Ford taking his shit out again. Um, it was an older Indian man because there's a lot of Indians in South Africa. They were brought there as indentured labor. And uh, he was telling me that during apartheid, he got the shit beat out of him by the police because he used to sell ice cream on the beach. And uh, they would call him Cooley. They'd be like, Cooley man, come here, bring the ice cream. The white people would call him. And Cooley is just like saying, if you saw a Mexican, hey, Beaner, come here. I want to talk to you. And so it's basically they're, in, they're being very derogatory to you. So he was like, he wasn't, you weren't allowed to look at white women. So he would keep his sunglasses on so that they couldn't see his eyes. And uh, they'd be like, uh, yes, ma'am. And she would be like, give me blah, blah, blah. And he would reach in and hand it down to them. And said this one lady handed him the money and he dropped it. And so he looked down to see where it fell. And she's like, are you looking at me? And she called the cops and the cops beat him within an inch of his life, he said. He said it was really fucking bad back then. So I fully understand that whole Jim Crow era stuff. And so, when yeah, when you say your grandfather asked, I get it. It makes complete sense to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, the, 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 I think people forget what the tone was because there's a lot of things that were at that time socially accepted and not considered racist because it was just the time. But today, yeah. if you were to actually know what people were actually saying and meaning, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is so racist and insensitive. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know, there's, there's, we've gone too far the other way now. We've gone too far the other way where now everything is racist. And I'm talking about it in my act because I'm like, you know, you can't negate color and size and gender when you're describing something. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to get the colors to the picture I'm painting right now. You know, I'm going to be like, I, I say, I'm like, if I tell you, a, here's my impression of a, of a really woke person telling a story. So I saw a human today and they did this thing. Isn't that funny? You're like, uh, no, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I, I think if there wasn't, if there wasn't, that's the, Kango uh, Kid, by the way. Um, aw, remember UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne. Oh yeah, that's him. That was, oh he was hell those. yeah, that's yeah, dope. That's his little baby girl. Oh man, that's that's uh, I mean that's our that's our that's our generation. That's our soundtrack. Hi baby, how are you? Can I hug you? Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday, Grandma! Happy birthday! She had her birthday. What? You're not. You're not. You're turning into an auntie because your sister Daisy's pregnant. <laughs> it's 
turning into... And Kangol, that's Clifton. Oh, how you doing, you know, Good to meet you, brother. You know who that is, Fan, right? brother. I'm a big fan. Yeah, well, you've, have you never watched a movie in your life? I've never watched a movie in my life. <laughs> you know exactly what it is. You, you see him and you go, oh my God, yes. He's, you know what's going to happen. Every movie, you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I was sitting with that guy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you can remember the title to the gay porn, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> The the, the, the the hustling days. Yeah, when you when you make money, we got to make money. We did do they, it for do the they paycheck. Make money? You got to you know you want to act, so you got to take whatever work. You I mean, Stallone fell into that trap, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. Uh, I think that's why I do so many indies. But uh, you know, at least with the indies, you get that a uh, creative fulfillment. Yeah, you got to do both um, Boondocks. Both both both. Part two, I did. Um, you weren't in part one. I was not. I was. I was around for part one. I was friends with Troy from the beginning. Because you're listed on IMDb as Boondock Saints one. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. No, I wasn't at all. I was home when they took off. I remember uh, doing a send off. We had a big party at my house. They got shit plowed. That was you know when you're younger you can drink. Oh yeah. I, it's <laughs> funny because I'm, I'm literally I'm like I try to have a drink now and I'm like I don't like it anymore. Same. I've literally I'm like I want to have a drink. I'm like. Tonight seems like the right night to have a drink. And I'm like, have it. And I go, nah. My bar stays full. It's just full. Yeah, mine's like, right there. Somebody wants to go ahead, drink whatever you want. I don't even care. Yeah. It's some special bottles, some old bottles. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm not going to taste it. I'll taste it. But I'm like, I'm afraid of my reflux acting up, <laughs> number one. Then number two, I'm afraid it's, I'm going to need a lot of it to get me buzzed. I don't think you would. No, I would. I would need a lot to get me buzzed. And then... And then I'm not sure if I'm if I'm buzzed or if I'm just feeling sick from it or dizzy. You know what I mean? Wow. I got really, I got smart early. I would do one drink and then one water. I started that when I was young. My right. dad was an alcoholic. So I, I've only had like, I've had less than 10 hangovers in my entire life. I've had a few. Less than 10. I didn't start drinking until I was 31. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I was never really a big drinker. Yeah. Yeah. For just a, a half Mexican guy, that's uh, it's quite a feat. Well, actually, you know what? My uh, my entertainment side of my family, the Mexican side, doesn't drink. My grandfather never drank. Really? Well, he rarely drank. Actually, my uncle told me uh, not that long ago the only time he saw my grandfather drunk was um, when he had to pick him up for the airport, and he was flying back from doing a charity event for a cerebral palsy, and um, he found out that Groucho had passed. Oh, wow. And that was like his mentor. So yeah. that was See, the only time he saw him drunk. That's actually the only time I won't drink is when I'm, not, when I'm upset. I will only drink when I'm in a good mood. Just because it, it amplifies whatever mood you're in. I did drink once when I was depressed. Because I was like, this is what I see in the movies. And just, yeah, let me, it, let me just try it one time. Always the wrong move. Hey, it, was, it was good to do it once. <laughs> Literally <laughs> get once. Get that out of the way. You know? <laughs> and I did. Never did it again. Because it just, like you said, it just didn't really work. So the Indies, I got Jockey now. What is Jockey? Jockey is uh, it's uh, it's like the wrestler meets Sea Biscuit, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm I'm saying that mostly for the director and producer because anytime uh, the, the, some some corny stuff would come up, I'd be like, Are we making Sea Biscuit or are we making something better? I hope it's Nacho. Li I hope it's not Nacho Libre meets Gus <laughs> meets Gus. The uh, so so uh, it's uh, I won Best Actor at Sundance for Jockey. Oh, wow. And then um, I'm getting ready to start my uh, my film festival tour for for Jockey. So I, I, I was supposed to be in Toronto for TIFF. I'm going. Is is it happening? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay, so it's happening. But the movie I was doing, they pulled because they were like Paramount was like, no, we want it 
because of COVID, blah, blah, blah. We're going to release it next year. And I'm like, damn it. Oh, wow. That would have been fun to hang out. Yeah, I was excited because I was like, ah. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be toned down quite a bit. Yeah, there, there we go. Is that you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That looks, wow. See, that's what I mean. You can literally transform into somebody who looks nothing like you. This one's going to trip you out. This one, I, I, I spent all my days with the jockeys. Like, I literally. Aren't you too tall to be a jockey, too? Uh, you, wait till you see the movie. Yeah. I'm, but when you when you have forced perspective, those kind yeah. of things, um, and it was cool because we shot on a live track, and I was always in my jockey uniform. So I I, I wanted I wanted the jockeys to kind of uh, forget that I was an actor. Right. So after three four days, because um, there was a couple that that slowly started to realize because we had we had with a crew of ten, we had we didn't have a first AD, we had no trailers, we didn't have a scripty, we didn't have, uh, and we had a crew of ten. So it was easy for me to maneuver. I, I, I like I told the jocks, whatever you need, I'd pick up horse shit, I'd help with the horses, uh, hold your reins, uh, do all this stuff. I just wanted to be in the world and, and get soaked up into it so I could become that character. I have a friend who is not a jockey. He's the guy that gets the horses to the gate and gets them ready for the jockeys to mount Ao. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> And he was telling me about this one guy who was first day on the job and he just got pulled by the horse because he didn't he didn't open the gate right and this horse just plowed him that's the most dangerous spot is yeah the, is the gate I, I sat in the gate you get you, you got some things that you can stand on if, if you can if you can get off that horse fast enough because it you know, it's very different than rodeo horses like on, on Westworld uh the river in Westworld yeah season See? season two and three Oh, the series, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of the movie. And yeah, not 1973 <laughs> with Yule Brenner. Yeah, I was three years old. I look a little different. Yeah. I was yeah, shorter. You really grew. Yeah, I was shorter. <laughs> I was way shorter. Um, so the uh, yeah, so the horses on, on Westworld, they're really well-trained rodeo horses. So you can, re they're like, it's like driving a Porsche. These these horses are so yeah. maneuverable. And they tried to buck me a couple of times, but I was good. Those, 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 those uh, quarter horses, man, I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't. You kind of hope to nudge them. They're like dragsters. They're the dragsters of the animal world. Yeah. You, you kind of just nudge them to the left and right. Whereas in rodeo horses, you go like this backwards, go like this, go like that. Not with these. These boys just want to run. They're waiting for that bell. And if that gate doesn't open and that bell goes, all of them are crashing into that thing. Yeah, they're the uh, Talladega Knights horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they're fast as sin. They're like 40, 43 miles an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's fast. I, I don't like riding horses. I did it once and. I have balls, and um, <clears throat> they really get whacked on those things. You gotta kind of, kind of position them, and you gotta know how. You gotta to, lift them. You gotta lift, but also you gotta know how to ride because when you get into that lope, then you kind of lift off that saddle a little bit. Yeah. And on these, you don't even have a saddle. It's like a little thong. So like, you didn't have a, a stunt. We didn't have no money for stunt, man. So it was you. Uh, yeah. It's all you. It's, it's absolutely me. Yeah, we. That's crazy. Yeah, well, there's. Uh, Did you get hurt at all? I did not. No, not once. That's impressive. Yeah. Emotionally hurt. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> but it's a painful movie, so yeah. I had to go through those things. <laughs> yeah, your your yeah. bank account got hurt a little. <laughs> oh, uh, they, yeah, they were good to you? They were good to you. Well, well we, had, I mean, we shot the movie for like, you know, like 300 grand. No. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your bank account got hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, we stayed at like the Courtyard Marriott. And, you know, that sounds I, like me on the road right now. I, I drove myself, but it is creative fulfillment. Yeah, it yeah. was one of the most. Uh, it's one of those things you got to do it <clears throat> if you really want to do this. Like, like the project, I really love the project. 
okay, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this project happen. I had an agent call me. He's like, Clivia, I, I got a great script for you. You, you got to read it. I'm like, I'm working on an indie where we got no money. All we got is what we put into it, our hearts and soul and the time that I commit and dedicate. Like, I can't read a script right now. I told you that when I started this. Yeah. But just please, this is a great director. I'm like, I love this person. I know her well. I said, I, I, this isn't the time. Like, you're literally stealing from our budget yeah. when we do this. I said, look, do you call me one more time? I'm going to call block you. Yeah. Sure enough, he called me again. I'm like, Livy, they're like, okay, go ahead, talk. I just want to see, maybe it's something important. Maybe it's somebody huge. I don't know. Yeah. And he says, okay, cool. You're blocked. Click. Hung up on him. Blocked his ass. Blocked the agency. I called my producer. I said, hey, you're going to have a crazed agent calling you. Don't, don't relay nothing to me. I don't care what message it is. And I don't care if my house burnt down. If it did, tell me when we wrap. Because mm -hmm. I need the time to stay focused. And Are you so one of those I, guys who stays right in character the entire time? I, I, well, I was li living and hanging with the jockeys a bunch, so it was easier, and I only spoke to three people while I was there, and, and all, all my homies know when I'm going deep, deep, they know. Yeah. Um, it's like being an, an undercover cop, almost. Yeah, and a lot of ways. I spoke to my, my grandmother, uh, Sam Jackson, and Slash. Those are the three people, and that was those it. Those are pretty good names to have as uh, the people you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Samuel's very much a mentor, and I've got a mentor I mean, I've never met Samuel Jackson. Obviously, I love Samuel Jackson. I never met Abuelita, um, but she's, you know, I would love to meet Abuelita. Oh, a lot of people knew Abuelita. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. And uh, and uh, Slash I met once, and it was really cool. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, you know, it's fucking Slash. And we were doing George Lopez show together. And I think I was promoting a, my new special at oh, the time. Oh, he was promoting his solo album. <clears throat> this was like a uh, 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years yeah. ago. Yeah, he was probably promoting his, his solo album with Miles yeah. Kennedy. Yeah, so I was I was in the green room and he was in the green room. I go, oh hey slash, uh, my name's Russell Peters. I'm a comedian. I'm on the show with you tonight. He goes like this, yeah man, I know who you are. And I go, y you do? He goes, yeah, we were just watching you on on the tour bus in Europe. You're really funny. Cause you know he's just really like matter of fact about it. And I'm like, you you were you you, you do? I go, I got my new DVD. Do you want it? Yeah man, sure. I gave him a DVD. He goes, thanks man. I'm like. Wait, Slash knows who the fuck I am. Wait, wasn't that wasn't that when uh, also when Justin Bieber was on? No. Okay. No, it was I me. Went, I went with it Slash. was me, Slash, Sheila E. Oh wow. And I was DJing with the band that night. Oh wow. Was Paul Stanley? No, Paul Stanley wasn't on that one. Paul Stanley was uh, a different one. Yeah, but this was the night. This day was me, Slash, Sheila E. And we were playing with the band. So Sheila was playing um, percussion and Slash playing guitar. And I was cutting and scratching because I've been DJing what? since 1985. Oh, yeah, yeah. real records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 1985, man. I started DJing. That's why I'm friends with all these rappity dap tappity rap rapper snappers. Oh, yeah. man, I miss those days. Mm -hmm. Oh, real records. Shit. Yeah. People I mean, don't... I still go digital now just because it's easier. But okay. you're still doing the exact same work. You're not, there's no faking it. You still have to know what you're doing. You still have to know how to scratch. Okay, but before, it's not going to scratch for you. Except for the digging in the crate part. Right? But also, yeah, you're not physically digging right. anymore. You're still digging, just not a physical dig. Right. But also dropping the needle on the right part of the record, too. Don't forget, you don't do that with the CD. Well, no, it's, it's still vinyl. Oh, okay. But you have cue points now. Okay, I didn't know so that. So you can mark it. Like, it'll be like, uh, you know, you want, you want to get, like, say if I play a, a UTFO record, I'm playing Roxanne, Roxanne, and I just want to get to his verse, I would have to cue it myself but i would listen to it and then put a cue point right there then i hit a trigger and it'll hit right at that point 
So I could be like, bap, you know, just right okay. to his verse or whatever it is. You had the techniques and the Newmark mixers with the Newmark. No, 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 no. We, we, well, I was on twelve the turntables right up until a few months ago, uh, and I got these new turntables that are needleless, but there's still a vinyl record on it, and it it plays exactly the same as a turntable. Wow! All the same things you have to do. It just you don't have to worry about your needle running out on you. Does now. it? Does it? Uh, does it play seventy eights? You can hit 78. You'll hit 33 and 45 together. I wonder how 78 sounds on it. It sounds like you're playing something at 78. <laughs> well, well, no, a real 78 record, though. Oh, no, you can't actually put a record on these. Gotcha. Yeah, because there's no needle. Okay, I was going to say. But I still have my turntables just in case. You know? Okay. I, thought some, I got one of my old grandpa's 78s. Oh, really? When he was perform- I think he was 22. Yeah, those are big, heavy, thick records, yeah, too. Yeah, they break. Because they, they, they're, they're not, they're, they're made out of, like, clay or something. Acetate. Or, is that what it is? It was acetate, yeah. Because they'll break. Um, yeah, yeah oh, they're very thick and brittle. Yeah, that's when, uh, yeah, Sam, Sam friggin' made that happen, man. Sam made that happen. Yeah, Sam's good friends with Sad and DL and, and, um, and George and all them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know, I know a lot of people around Sam, but I've never actually met Sam. Oh, man, he's a... Uh, He's got a photographic memory. He says he doesn't, but he remembers every line from every movie. Yeah, see, I forget anything. I'm so shot it. I'm like, man, eh, it's gone. Yeah, right. yeah. Now with the credits I have, I can remember some monologues, but uh, I can't remember not all of them. Like sometimes some people come up, and start like yelling at me. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? What the yeah, fuck, yeah. man? Goes, that's your that's your character. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, sorry. I have people quote my old act, and I don't remember it. <laughs> and they'll say that, and I go, that's pretty funny. Who said that? They go. You, motherfucker, you. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, my fault. What's your favorite movie that you did? My favorite? You have one? I, I, Hold on. Uh, can't go your rides here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've been waiting for it all along. The wish. No one would let that pass. That's the beauty of shooting in your own backyard. You uh, helicopters, airplanes, and sirens. It's life. It's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Life in the hood. Oh, uh, 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 That's right. Hood adjacent. Yeah. I'm centrally south, but I'm not south central. Centrally south. <laughs> oh, the good old man. I remember getting shot at in Watts. I remember getting shot at in south central. I've been shot at three times. I, I have avoided. Who did you piss off? Um, They weren't aiming for me. I think they were aiming for my homies. Um, right. And then they tried to carjack me three different times. Twice the same dude. I was going to say, was it the same guy? Once was in Culver City, off of High Gear and Culver Boulevard. And the other one was off of Western and Venice. Those are the West yeah, the Side Playboys. start going a little east, you know. Yeah, but that was like, that's a big gap. How would you get that? That's a big you were just, distance. You were after mid-city. I, I don't know. They was, they was trying to get my ride. And they didn't, uh, thankfully. What car was it? That's when I was rolling a... a, a, a a 5.0 convertible. Remember the old 5.0? Oh, yeah, the center Mustangs? Lock, center lock Epsilons. Diamond cut with gold bolts. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I got the gas cap gold-plated, the cover gold-plated, a cloth top. I got the... We ordered a... What a, year was the car? It was a 90, 92? Uh, no, no, 91. And we got... Remember the 87 Mustang GT 5.0 was the one everybody wanted. Oh, this is was, this was the one... Remember uh, Menace to Society? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that forest green, I got it from the BMW. So we got the, we ordered the paint from Germany. We, I bought this car. I paid for it in cash. We stripped it in my buddy's backyard, and we painted it that forest green. So I was rocking the forest green like two years before Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. So in all fairness, you can't blame them. 
I, I, no, well, I knew. I, look, 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 I was. I, look, I was. It's like a girl with a tits hugging. What are you staring at? Well, you put them out. Look, you know I, what look, I mean? Hey, I, look, I have my heater too, but yeah. when they tried to jack me in the, um, the Playboy's hood, uh, the cops had taken my, my 92FS like two weeks before. So when you, uh, and uh, that's just you, the one time you're slipping, right? The yeah. one time. The two they catch weeks. you when you're slipping. That's what they say. Two weeks. And I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't even paying, I wasn't even driving properly. And these fools r- rolled up on me and bam, blocked me in. And just, whoo, whoo. Yeah. And having a pistol pulled on you offset is very different. Yeah. Then on set. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hold on, this one might have real bullets in it. This one does have real bullets. Yeah. yeah it was this a, guy might want to do the. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> I they well, uh, they accused me of uh, a, a tapping some lady in the hood there, which I I, I, I just denied up and down, but I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta. Uh, and uh, and he was like, I'm gonna jack you fool, and this and that. And I thought, man, is this is this where my mama's gonna find my fucking body right here in the hood in this dirty ass street on the yeah. floor, you know, right here bleeding out? Like, damn. And he, they they kept they kept singing and singing, and I was like, I said, look, man, I said, y'all singing, so you got to do what you got to do, and I got to do what I got to do. I'm out. I put that shit in reverse, flipped it around. I called my homies and Watts. I said, yo, I need a little something. I said, I had an issue, yeah. and, and I just rolled out, and these fool chased me for a little bit, and. I guess we can stop there. <laughs> Did they shoot at you at least? No, not at all. Not once. Well, you got away. That's Thankfully. the good news. Yeah, that wasn't one of the times that they shot at me. I got away, so I don't, I've lost at least six lives of my nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm blessed. So now, you now I don't even try to get attention at all. I'm like glasses, hat. I, yeah. I love masks. Yeah. But what's creep, creepy is when you call Postmates and you get the hat and the mask. and like, dude, I love your work. I'm like, how in the fuck? Yeah. I did How? Been there. Yeah, because they see your they see your name on the no, order. Bill, I got an alias Bill. Hilarious. Alias is always Bill. Yeah, so if like if we were ever out or you, like you got talking to some honey dip or some shit, like and shit, she got and she got a grenade there, and I'm your wingman. If if they don't recognize me, like oh this is my buddy. If she's a grenade, I'll just be like Bill before yeah. they say Cliff, and then they know you got five minutes to get a number. We got to bounce. Don't tell them it's Cliff because I don't want them to know who I am. It's Bill, and that's what my all my my deliveries are. Bill, I got hotel aliases. I got aliases. a bunch of aliases. I got Hugh Jorgen, <laughs> Tyrone Shoelace. Um, I, I uh, what was some of the other ones? Mike Hunt. Um, I that's, just want them to get, say it when they call my room. That's why. Uh, Judd Nelson gave me that one. Judd yeah. Nelson gave me a list of aliases, and that was one of them. Yeah, I remember when Chappelle was shooting that movie. Um, I think it was screwed, screwed uh, with Norm Macdonald shooting it in Vancouver. Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle movie, like 1997 or 98 or something. Yeah, screwed. <clears throat> yeah, when he was shooting that movie, screwed, he was like, yo, come to Vancouver and hang out. Okay. And I go, all right. Go, I go, How do I? He goes, just call me at the hotel, but ask for Mr. Bigglesworth. And he was Mr. Bigglesworth in the hotel there. So. I love it. Yeah, I usually don't need aliases, but when they deliver stuff at the house, I, I got to have aliases. And usually somebody else collects my food. Cause I don't want to. You're very fancy. I, I, no, just because I don't want to, you yeah. know, it's like I'm on the, I'm, I'm, I got a gate and stuff, but, you know, I'm Mexican. I know how to get over a gate. You speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak Spanish. Look at you. Yeah. I understand it because of all the uh, fucking Eddie's. Because <laughs> you live in LA? <laughs> no, because fucking Eddie and then the baby Los mamas. Angeles. 
half yeah. the names in, in this state. Half, all, all of them. All, almost all of them, yeah. Yeah, there's not one except for Sherman Oaks. That's the only one that they didn't name. Uh, uh, sh- yeah, you're right. I can't even spin that one. Studio City, they didn't name. Mm, El Studio City. <laughs> La Ciudad de Estudio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could tell when they went with where, 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 where they were like, I'll let you have these ones. They try, yeah, you can have that. Yeah, studio sits so yeah. angry. Woodland yeah. Hills? No, no, no. Woodland Hills. But Calabasas. I didn't know that meant pumpkin. Cala- Calabasas. Yeah. Calabasas. If you say it like that, yeah, Los Angeles, Cal- San Diego, Santa Monica, Lewinsky Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call it Sepulveda when I first moved in there. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. It's like Sepulveda. That's a stupid fucking uh, Cahuenga. name. Yeah, Cahuenga. Which is named after a general. General Coenga? Yep. There was a big battle. There was a giant fight with General Coenga. Look that shit up. Anybody? And um, Cesar Chavez um, Boulevard. Yeah. I thought it was, I when I first moved, I thought it was named after Julio Cesar Chavez, the boxer. Oh, the boxer. Because I didn't know who Cesar Chavez was. Okay. The guy grew up in Canada. You know, I from, get it. We don't, first of all, we don't have Mexicans. That's, that's right. Uh, well, there's some Mexicans there. A lot of Asians. Yeah, a lot of Beautiful Indians, Asians, Asians, black people. But there's no, um, there's no Mexicans. Oh, what the fuck is the dog doing right now? She is out of control. So we got to check the volume on this. <laughs> I'm getting some. This rips. bitch, you knocked over some... your coke. It's not, it's not. <laughs> yeah, watch, yeah, watch the watch the kilos. Yeah, <laughs> dog's getting into the kilos. <laughs> we got a, we got a rogue pug out here. <laughs> Piper, you lunatic. You know what it is? She's tired, and so when she's tired, she gets crazy, and she just wants somebody to fuck with her so she can go to sleep. I look at her and see men in black. I mean, if whatever, wherever you see yourself. Um. <laughs> Let me tell you something, people. We are going on year three of a global pandemic, which is stressful to say the least. So if you aren't acknowledging the fact that finding a little bit of calm is a massive priority for all of us, well, it's time to wake up and prioritize your well-being. Learning to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something we all want, but many of us don't know where to even begin. Well, I'm going to do you a favor and tell you where you should begin, and that's with Noom Mood. Noom Mood is here to guide you to mental wellness and give you the tools you need to tackle stress so you feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. You may have heard about Noom Weight and how it can help people manage their weight and physical health. And Noom Mood is just as effective at managing your mental well-being. As a very busy man, one of my goals for the new year is to make my downtime count. That means letting go of anxious thoughts and allowing myself to be totally present and in the moment with Allie and my kids. After giving Noom a try, I not only feel calmer and less stressed on the days I have off, but also on the days when my schedule is jam-packed. The tension that used to creep up on me during a busy day is suddenly gone for good, and it's made a huge difference. Before, I knew I should relax, but I didn't really understand how to relax. But Noom helped me understand it. Noom is backed by science with lessons based on psychological principles that teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. Noom provides you with a variety of tools and techniques to try out and discover. And their daily curriculum coupled with a one-on-one coach will guide you and encourage you on your journey. And the best part is you just have to dedicate 10 minutes a day, whenever and wherever it's convenient for you. So I'm telling you people, this is an easy way to meet your New Year's resolution of chilling out a little and letting go of some of that 2021 tension and stress. Because here's the thing, we all need to chill out and have a good year. So worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash peters. That's noom, 
N-O-O-M dot com slash Peters. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We got uh, Shannon Briggs texting me all day. Shannon Briggs? The fighter. Okay. Boxer, former two-time heavyweight champion of the world. No, I used to be big into fighting. Yeah? And then, uh, yeah, martial arts and fighting. I, I do all my stunts when I'm fighting. It's uh, Shannon Briggs. And that looks like every boxer. Yeah. Every big... <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I used to do a lot of fighting. From, yeah. I mean, teaching I, martial arts. Muay th- I started Muay Thai in 87. Yeah, I started boxing in 85. And oh, okay. was just amateur. And then okay. uh, I do jiu-jitsu for the past five and a half years. Oh, Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love doing long stunts in films. I'm uh, always scared to do them. Well, with the right, the right, right projects. Well, no, not so much the coordinates. A lot of times I have to re-choreograph my fights, mm-hmm. which is fun to be able to do, mm-hmm. whether it's strictly hands or feet and hands or, or wrestling, stuff of that nature. But I remember doing, uh, I was doing like this uh, sweeps episode. It was a two-part on something, and um, I was getting ready to do Pacific Rim right. with Camera Del Toro, and I was going to do this first. And, and Peter Fonda, rest in peace, was uh, the bad guy in it. And there was a scene where he's put, we get into it and we start fighting. And, um, and my director was like, hey, so I, I hear uh, you like to do your own stunts. I said, yeah, yeah, yes, that's what you heard, huh? He goes, yeah, it's not true. I was like, no, no, it's true. So uh, you, you, you excited to do this one? I, I said, no. I, I said, what do you mean no? I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this one. He goes, well, I thought you do your own stunt. I, I do, but I'm getting ready to do a, a big film, and, and I'll do respect to the show. But you know, and, and I love Peter to death. But you know, Peter's older, and and I, you know, these these things happen. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that I, I hurt Peter got, Fonda. I know I've got a stunt man. Oh, I'm not going to hurt Peter. Yeah. But I know Peter is. He was in his 70s at the time. His, yeah. his motor skills, and I've worked with him before, so I I got a, I know how he works. You could see the deterioration even. In short, so I showed up the next day and I said, how'd the fight go yesterday? Oh, God. Well, the director's a friend and there's a girl director. She came in to do the other fight scene and she got her nose broken. 
and then your stuntman got his uh, cheekbone busted and his lip busted, and then Peter just started punching the cement because he was so mad that he punched the guy. And I was like, oh, and you wanted me to do that stunt. Yeah. See, now you see why I backed yeah. out of that one. Exactly. Yeah, it's not because, of course I'd love to do a fight scene. Do, do you know a lot of the stunt coordinator guys in L.A.? Like Pete, Pete Antico, do you know Pete? It's been a minute because I've, I've done, when I was younger, I did a lot more violent films. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Because you can do a psycho really well. You do, you, do a, you do crazy really well. You know, it's a good thing that I have a place to vent. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Because <laughs> imagine, imagine. And that's the thing, because people don't realize, like, Whose you know, home would I be in if not for movies? There's Pete. Um, no, I always, tell, I always tell people, I go, when, when, when you see actors doing things, it's not, they didn't randomly pick this, these, this energy out of nowhere. That's something that's inside of them. That's something that was there. Well, one if, if they weren't an actor, that could have been them. I would agree with you in a lot of different ways. Uh, 187, I, I'd kind of been out of the hood that for a That was a great movie. That was a, that Love was a, that movie. I, I That's, went, is that where you met Sam? That is. I mean, actually, no. I met Samuel before. I met Samuel at the premiere of uh, was it Menace? Yep, yeah, or Dead Presidents. Fuck, where's were, were you, you in Dead Presidents? Yeah, I was in both of them. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it was it Menace where he plays? Yeah, the fuck you were in Dead Presidents. Wait, was it Menace? Like, what you mean you ain't got the money yet? Motherfucker, better pay up or else. And he's like, I told you, I pay your monkey ass when I'm ready. Uh, yeah, but who you I think you pay is, Ron O'Neill? Yeah, yeah, that, that was um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, I'll pay your monkey ass when I feel like it. Yeah, what? what, what? Yeah, and he started blasting on him. Oh, yeah, dude, that's yeah. my face. So that's where I met Sam for the first time, and I love that. That's one of my favorites. Me and Jacob Vargas memorized those lines. We used to play that back and forth. That's that scene, which was so much fun. I always feel like um, Lorenz Tate should have got an Academy Award nomination a couple of times. Yeah, he went and, on. And Chris Tucker could have got one for Menace. I mean, for um, for, Dead Presidents. For Dead Presidents. Yeah, because you know, uh, a Chris Rock auditioned for that, and uh, there's quite a few people that auditioned. And and and, and Tucker, uh, I mean, he's not illiterate, but he, he's not he's not really a I don't like a reader per se. No, yeah, yeah. So he he had to he had to get off book to perform. Yeah. So he had to he had to prepare. So then again, the fear goes away, and he goes in, and he literally earned that role. So I had to yeah. do boot camp with him. Boot camp with Chris Tucker was hilarious. Chris is a great guy. He's a good I friend. love Chris. Uh, yeah. But this was before, you know, he, uh, gosh, I don't even know if Friday had even come out yet. I don't think it had. Jesus. But, uh, and the president's was like 92. No, no. 92, was it? 93. No, I think it was, I thought it was like 96. No, uh, 187 was 96. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I just remember, I remember Chris Tucker. 95. 95? That's when it got released. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I remember uh, Tucker got ambushed in the middle of the night because um, he didn't want to do his 50-50 night watch. Right. He, he told his hooch, man, he's like, go the fuck to bed, man, ain't nobody stalking us. We had Captain Dale die stalking us. And uh, I just woke up in the middle of the night. I just heard something and, and I put on my glasses and I looked out and I, I heard this chick, chick, and then boom, boom. And then a 50 caliber lit him up on this mountain on this other side. They flanked him. Just da, 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 da. I was like, oh shit, they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. And Lorenz and Michael Imperioli was my hooch mates, the three of us. Right. So we had to do 50 50 night watch. I love Michael too. And, and Lorenz. I, I know it's a good thing I, for me is like, just to be able to like, oh, yeah, I know them. I know that guy. I know that guy. It's kind of. Bokeem Woodbine, he called me one day. He was like, yo, yo, Cliff, you ain't going to believe this. I was like, I was like, what? It finally happened. I'm like, oh, my God, it finally happened. I'm like, what? He goes, yo, I got a car, man, and a driver's license. I'm like, finally, you're fucking 36, bro. Yeah. That shit should have happened when you were 15. He's in New York, that's why. No, this was L.A. Yeah. This no, but I'm L saying New Yorkers, they oh. don't even understand. Like, yeah, well, he, he don't drive, right? 
Oh, yeah. wow. But you got a driver's license. You did. 55 years old. How, how old were you when you got your driver's license? 53 years old. Okay, Bo didn't get his shit until his 30s. Yeah, but when he called me, like, I'm like, motherfucker, that's not a surprise. I mean, I'm surprised that you got it finally, but it, it, it's not supposed to happen. When it happens, it, that's supposed to be 16. Because <laughs> everybody's excited to drive when you're 16. You driving before then. Shit, I was stealing my parents' cars and motorcycles. Oh, yeah, me and my friends were stealing cars back in the... Uh mid-80s and none of us knew how to drive we stole one time we stole a dodge omni hatchback four-door and it was stick and none of us knew how to drive stick we were just jerking around the city and like a bunch of idiots we i drove it to my house and parked it on the street like three houses up and then went home a stick yeah oh wow i was driving stick at 12 yeah my first car after that was stick the one i first car i actually got was stick because i was like all right i don't want this to happen again and then my first two cars were stick and now i miss stick yeah, I know. I used to steal my dad's uh, Harley when I was th- 13. It was a soft tail, so it was low. But when I was 15, he had an XT250, like the yeah. the, the one that uh, uh, Rambo had in First Blood. Right. That one. Eddie and, just got a new uh, Harley. Oh, yeah? Well, the, the 250 sits high, and I was 15, so I couldn't... I had to go to the curb to kickstart it, you know, and I, I and it was Culver City, and, and I had to fill it up with gas before my stepdad came home because he would have beat my ass. Right. So I put a helmet on, glasses, gloves, and a leather jacket so I looked older. Yeah. So when a CCPD would come next to me, mm-hmm. I'd be driving down Sepulveda, Culver Boulevard by Veterans Park, you know, the, and then when at the light, I had to get off the seat because yeah. I was tippy-toeing. The cops would come by, and I, I had a lot of older, so I just looked by and I was like... What's up, man? Just real quick. Couldn't be like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm coffee. I was like, just riding my dad's bike. Yeah, I was just like, like, just real, like, what's up, man? I'm like, oh, hey. And then it, the light would turn green. I would get on it and then, <laughs> I'm literally like hanging off the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it, it'll, Trying to make it look like I'm thinking about something real quick. Pretty much, yeah. But I, it wouldn't sit up. I was tippy toeing. Is your dad American or? My, my, yeah, my, my real dad was, yeah, Clifton Sr. Oh, okay. But this was my stepdad and he was an asshole. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah, he was terrible. Really? Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Your uh, is your mom still alive? My mom is. Where's she at? She's at uh, Chatsworth. Oh, nice in the deep, deep in the valley. Deep in the valley. You see her much? I do not, but I'm I ta- I'm I'm actually talking to her more now to because uh, as I find details about the family history. Right, because you need it now too. Yeah, and she's the oldest out of the out of the the siblings because it was her my aunt who passed away and then my younger uncle who was a a medic in vietnam and just he he kind of he didn't become an actor and he's a he he retired but he was doing dialysis and was a badass he had a chance to leave vietnam my grandpa called um who was it it was uh somebody became a senator that was an actor ronald Um, reagan uh well, well ronald reagan yeah no he called ronald reagan when the cops fucked with me um, the sheriffs uh, ransacked my my low rider. I had a mini a hard body, a Nissan hard body. Remember those Nissan trucks? Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the Malibu. Everybody sh- would slam them. Yeah, I slammed mine. Yeah, I slammed. I had I had the 15 inch Cern Vegas in the back, two of them, the thousand watts of Kimwood, and uh, two pullouts. Dayton's on it. And uh, no, I had KMCs. Nice. I didn't want to get. I didn't want to be strapped with right, the Dayton's. Right. Yeah. Um. So. The sheriffs ransacked it, and obviously, and I had I, I was teaching martial arts. We were helping kids. I'd never smoked weed, mm-hmm. and and uh, my grandpa got so heated he called Reagan, and then um and then Reagan's assistant he had a few. Uh, she called me, and then next you know like the the I guess the, the, the I heard the top guy is the sheriff's department mm-hmm. and always chief or captain or whatever calls me. 
why don't you just follow follow the report? I'm like, what's that going to do? Fucking Mexican. I know what yeah. reports do. They do nothing. Yeah. If I was a white person, yeah. maybe I'd go and file a report. Oh, this will work. A report. If you file it, file it under Clifton Collins, it might have worked. Yeah, well, how is it? If they see Gonzalez, Gonzalez, they're gonna be like, "Hold on a second. I, I think they saw Gonzalez, Gonzalez when Reagan, the Ronald Reagan thing happened. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it sounds like a, it sounds like one of those Mexican law firms. Oh, it was uh, George Murphy, Eddie Cantor, and George Murphy. That was the team. So when George Murphy became a senator, my grandmother had seen my my uncle dragging a, a body to a Huey on the news, right? And and was like, "Oh my God!" And so my grandpa call, calls um, a George Murphy. And um, next thing you know, my uncle's getting a phone call on the battleship. And he's like, well, nobody's getting phone calls on the battleship. Yeah. I know who this is. It's Pops. He's like, mijo, he goes, your grandma, your, your, mom, your mom saw you on TV on the body. She almost had a heart attack. You, you're coming home. He's like, dad, no, I'm not. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to finish my tour. And when I'm done, then I'm coming home. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then he started cursing in Spanish. And the radio goes, Mr. Gonzalez, English, English, please. Mr. Gonzalez, because you couldn't speak another language besides English. Wow. Yeah, but but life was so hard at home. He'd rather stay in Vietnam. Wow! So we had a very violent upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I guess it sounds like it did. Yeah, and a I'm great learning. therapy session for you. I think this it, is. it is a great <laughs> therapy session, but you know you got to get through the pain. You got to work well, with it. That's how, well. That's the thing. You got to. I always say you got to say things sometimes to hear it. So and that, that does that sometimes could be bad in a relationship. With a guy, some I'll just say something because I want I want to hear how it sounds, and then they're like, "Why would you say that?" I go, and you can't explain it. They think you're deflecting, but I'm like, "No, I really just need to hear it out loud." Oh, so you repeat it? Yeah, I'll be like, "Ah, pop, pop, pop," and they'll go, "What the fuck was that?" I go, "I just need to hear it." And if I hear it, then I understand it better. It helps for me too. It helps for me to hear it from other people. Yeah, that's yeah. True, well, like you- my, my grandfather telling me I could act. Because I didn't, I didn't think I could. I, I was afraid. I didn't think uh, I was. You're good. genetically predisposed to it. Why? Well, I, I what? You you're so deep in the forest, you can't even smell the pine needles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, you know, sure I was tap dancing. I was the class clown. I was always getting those laughs at school and detention. You know. How far did you go with hoofing? Hoofing? Uh, I still hoof. Yeah. I got my shoes at home. Actually, I do a little tap dancing jockey. Really? Yeah, well, they were like, hey, we think uh, uh, Jackson, the character I played Jackson, Jackson should do a dance. I'm like, I'm a horse jockey. How the hell, the hell am I going to do it? Like, give me a reason and I'll, we'll figure it out. And he couldn't really give me a reason. Right. Um, so I started, I found all these horseshoes all over the track, just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I thought, fuck, instead of tap shoes, maybe I can make some. So with these... I got a bunch of these old ones. Yeah. So the, when they're not real white, I can't wear them at premieres. Right. You know, when they get old, so I just, I can do like housework and shit and shoveling yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. Old, so, old, old sneakers. Yeah. So I brought Shell three toes. pairs. I brought three pairs. I put the bottle caps on the heels mm-hmm. and horseshoes on the front. Weren't they and fucking heavy? I, they were heavy. And it took me a day to adjust. My calves were sore. And once, so I practiced for a little bit. And that's actually on my Instagram. I put a little post with uh, to Bo Carter's um, I Get the Blues just to see how it worked. and then I, I follow you. Have I not, why have I not seen this? It was during the jockey period when we were filming, you'll see a whole little section. Just, okay. Just a handful of photos, but you'll see the tap dancing there. Yeah. And then I sent it to them. I said, dude, because I knew they wouldn't quite understand the concept of it. Because I'm like, no jockey would have a pair of legitimate tap shoes. Yeah. So I started with the the Coke cans and the bottle caps like the kids do in New Orleans. Yeah. Because I love hoofing with those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd go up to those kids in New Orleans and say, show me what you got. And they'd be like, I'm like, okay, well, that's what the other kids do. Show me another one. They're like, okay, like that's the same thing, but you led with the other foot. 
yeah. they were like, oh, like they knew that I know a little yeah. bit, them little, little youngsters. And they're like, okay, like show me what you got. And then they show me a different move. And I'm like, okay, so then I throw them a, a little five, a five, and then all the, the other family come running across. I'd see like, because I'd always, I'd always go at like, I'd get, I'd get like a hundred dollars every Saturday and I'd get a bunch of fives mm-hmm. and I'd go to any of the musicians or the dancers. Yeah, I would just go, like I'd leave my hotel early in the morning and I'd the trumpet play, anybody who's doing anything that's entertainment. Right. You know, and I'd, I'd just be dropping fives everywhere. And that was my Saturdays in New Orleans and Sundays. I'd love doing that. Yeah, see, a lot of guys would take that hundred, turn it into ones and go to the strip joint. Well, the strip joint is uh, John Olmstead is the... Is, that was kind of like my second home, Hustler. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Head production dropped me off. Uh, Mr. Cohn's a uh, Hustler's clothes right now. I'm like, I understand. Yeah. If you can just drop me off on bourbon in front of Hustler. Knock on the door. Uh, we're closed. It's Cliff. Oh, sorry. Come on in, buddy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and that yeah. was my wind down. Yeah, I get it. A couple drinks before going to bed. My friend calls them wantstitutes. <laughs> he says they want a prostitute, but they can't commit to it. So they're wantstitutes. They'll dry humpy and get naked, but that's as far as you're getting. With Honestly, them. it was just a hang for me. No, I get it. I mean, you know, I'd sit at the bar and talk. I'd leave Garzés with all of them. It was no lap dances for me. It was, yeah, that, yeah, that no, was I'm with you. I'm like, I don't, I don't even understand a lap dance anymore. I went through a phase, and like a girl gives you a lap dance. I'm like, what are you doing? Then they look at you like they're going to kiss, and you're like, what are you looking in my eyes for? I don't want to look in your <laughs> eyes. I don't want to see your pain, and I don't want you to see my happiness. <laughs> I remember on uh, Dead Presidents, we hit at the clubs pretty hard, and, and Tucker was dropping 50s. Where'd you shoot that? Uh, uh, Ovida, Florida. Really? Yeah, and the, the, the cab ride to the friggin' strip club was expensive, so we would jump in one and all split it. Yeah. But they was dropping 50s, and, and I'd always pretend that I left my per diem at home. So like, <laughs> ah, I didn't bring any money. Oh, let me get you a lap dance. Ah, I didn't bring my, my money, like... And because I would always tell them jokes and get them laughing because you get them laughing and then they want to give you free lap dances. Yeah. So I would get free lap dances. Tucker's dropping fifties. You know, I'm dropping nothing and get lap dances. And he was dropping fifties on the girl's sister that I was talking to. Yeah. Yeah. They look at him as a mark now. It, pretty much. But he, he would call me at like four in the morning like, yo, Cliff, get up here, man. I got your girl up here and her sister. I want to get with her sister. Like, I know you do, dude. We got to shoot him 16s. Motherfucker, we shoot blanks. I know, but we gotta be alert. We can still get hurt. I'm going. We gotta get up in a couple hours. Motherfucker, get up here, dude. Get up here. Like I was his golden key to getting to this girl, and uh, and I just I just went back to bed. I just look. We're we're still shooting up sixteen. Look, there's still the you can they're still die. So you got to do all that in your early twenties. So <laughs> it was our like, early. You know 20s. what I mean? Yeah. So like you're doing that in your early twenties. It, I mean, for me, my early twenties, rest and sleep meant nothing. Well, like, hey, come on, let's go. We're gonna go get chicks. This is great. We got to shoot at six a.m. Fuck it, let's go shoot at six a.m. So here's here's the difference. I I grew up uh, with my grandfather talking about how hard it was to get work, how how much they suffered, how little they got paid, uh, how sometimes they got ripped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're never late for work. You're always prepared. And I think it was Andre Brower that told me once. He goes, you know, Clifton. A lot of these cats, they don't know. He goes, because I was asking about Glory. He's like, when I was on Glory, man, because I was watching Denzel and Freeman like a hawk. I was just watching him and learning and learning. And you had the other fools that were going out. And I was staying home. You got to think about like being an athlete. You got to get your rest. You got to be mentally rested, physically rested. And you got to be ready or you're like, not going to win. I've, I've only met Andre Broward once. Uh, I, I mean, I only, I, I mean, I, lo- I loved him on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So. Okay. I did Thief with him where we both got nominated for um, Emmys. He okay. won, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you have an Emmy, though, don't you? No. Golden Globe? I, what do you got? I don't have... I you have should a, have something. I have a SAG award. I've got some awards. Yeah, because you're not like, uh, you know, 
it's it's funny because you're one of those actors who everybody knows your name. Everybody. Like b- both of them? Both of them. They know both of your names. <laughs> they, they'll know you as Clifton Collins or they'll know you as Gonzalez. When they say Gonzalez, I know the old school. Yeah. Because I remember you. Because when, when I met you at... Um, Boondocks? At Boondocks. And they go, this is Clifton Collins Jr. I go, no, that's not his name. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. Yeah, I was like, that's not his name. I don't know him as that. And I don't know where... I, and I'm like, is there another guy? And you go, oh, you even told me. I go, no, that was, I changed it. And I go... I went back to it yeah. when I was doing Price of Glory. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of being haunted. I, I lost my dad to a suicide when I was doing One Eight Seven. Right. Like two days before uh, I killed myself in the movie, I had my father's funeral. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, you know, Samuel was there for me every step of the way. Like he's, I make one call, I take care of everything for you. So it was always a weird thing being Gonzalez, Gonzalez, knowing that I was because I remember in the morgue scene with Samuel, and you know what a high school movie has a morgue scene. It's a high school yeah, movie. Yeah. I said, Sam, this is really weird. Man, West. Well, you know, you know me as Clifton Gonzalez, Gonzalez, but I'm really Clifton Collins Jr. And we're we're here doing a fancy movie with you and Mel Gibson producing Icon Productions, and I'm Clifton Gonzalez, Gonzalez, pretending to be dead when the Clifton Collins Sr. is really dead, really in the morgue right now today. I just got to phone my sister asking me if I wanted anything from the morgue, which is very surreal. Like art imitating life. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what the yeah. hell you call it. I have that a lot in my life, like those weird moments. And then when I did Light It Up, right from Light It Up, I went straight to Price of Glory. And then Light It Up, people called me and they said, Hey, uh, are you going to go by uh, your Collins name or Gonzalez Gonzalez? And I was like, That's trippy because I never ever talked about going back to my birth name. Yeah. Although I was tired of getting fucked with when you, tra- when you travel, like, oh, there's an alias or somebody's you do this or residuals or like somebody's by the name Gonzalez Gonzalez has got your social. No, that's me. Well, who's calling? That's me. I had to send copies to the IRS for every residual check. I still got like 40, I found 40 prints of my driver's license, my socials, my SAG card. I had to mail it with every IRS thing. And that was a pain in the ass. And then when they called me, like we were thinking about if, if you wanted to go back to, to your birth name, I was like, and then we were shooting at the Inglewood Forum and my, my dad had lived in a trailer park across the street. Oh, wow. I got the phone call and John Seda and I had gone outside. So I had a phone signal and it happened to ring because I wouldn't have got it had I been in the boxing ring with John. Right. And then I picked it up and, it, and I just took that as a sign. Like, like I got to follow the signs. Like, you know, I honored my grandfather for 10 years. Hey, by the way, you got in fantastic shape with that movie. I draw. I went from one. I was at one sixty five, and I dropped to one fifty with Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet, my one of oh, my yeah. childhood heroes. Oh yeah, six I weeks of. Uh, I met Benny. I um, love Benny. Sensei Benny. I met Benny at a at a martial arts thing in Vegas a few years ago. He's special. Yeah, that whole family special. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very involved in that world too. So I meet a lot of these guys too. You know, Bill Wallace. I got to meet. Oh wow, Superfoot. Yeah, Superfoot Wallace. Yeah. Met him right before he passed, actually. Oh wow! I did a a Walker Ranger with the uh, Chuck with Tr- Carlos, Carlos uh, Norris. Yep. Is he is he Mexican? Yep, half. Really, Carlos Norris. Wow. Uh, you want to look up his? Did you know that, that one. Chuck Norris is half Mexican, and he looks like the fucking whitest white boy ever. Now trip out on this. He was playing, and we were both playing illegal aliens. So he had to get in a little bit of brown face. And I looked at Chuck and I was like, hey, Chuck, how are you playing like, uh, like illegal? Well, my name's Carlos. I'm half Mexican. I'm like, what? Yeah. What the hell? Because there was no internet back then. Yeah. So what the hell? Like, like but brown face and blonde hair. Right. <laughs> isn't, he, <laughs> isn't he kind of a ginger almost too? Oh my God. He's like a Canelo. I don't know, but he wouldn't square off with me. I just want to do a photo of us squaring off like, like him and Bruce. 
you know, like, and he wouldn't do that with me. Really? Yeah. He trained under my jujitsu teacher. He got his black belt from my, from John Jack, from the Machado brothers. Really? I trained with John Jack Machado. Okay. And Hegan as well. John Jack's actually my son's godfather. Oh, wow. I wouldn't mind uh, getting into some of that stuff. Oh, you would love jujitsu. Oh, I think so. Especially for guys our age, it's even better because it's, you know. Groundwork. Groundwork. You get tired. We're fighting and I get tired. I know what to do to get my win back. I just pull you on my guard and be like, all right, now I can rest a little bit. Just a big old hug. Yeah, no, you, you <laughs> hang on. I pull you yeah, in, I hang yeah, on. You, and if you're on top position, you're. I just have to wait for you to move. And a lot of guys aren't going to move quick when you're in top position because that's where you're going to make mistakes. So you want to think about it. And the more time they take, the more time you've got. It's chess. Yeah. Not checkers. Yeah. So yeah. it's fun. You know? I was a good counterfighter. Yeah, I'd that's love what jujitsu teaches you. It's, it's basically what it is. Oh, I used to love counterfighting. I used yeah. to love it. I used to love it so much. I just loved fucking with people's heads. It was almost like comedy. Yeah. You know, I'd, 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 I'd pace myself. I'd go, I'd fight kind of slow at first, you know, and I'd, I'd do a couple moves, set some patterns, and then I'd go real fast and fuck yeah. them up. <laughs> I always get in trouble when I'm like rolling with younger kids because they'll, they'll roll, they're quicker, they're faster, they're jumping all around you. Are and, you clothed? Yeah, you're wearing gi. Oh, okay. Gi. It's, it's easier. Gi is <laughs> it's easier not because Greek, it's... Greek wrestling. No, no, no. no. It's, it's not. There's no olive oil involved. And <laughs> Greco-Roman. <laughs> the you, real Greco-Roman. You see where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because you want to be clothed, especially in jiu-jitsu. I can only imagine. You can imagine. be entered easily. <laughs> I can only imagine. Wait till you read Prison Ramen. You'll, you'll see some of those stories. Oh, yeah. I'm going to... Yeah, there's some Ed, good Eddie's ones. excited. He's probably going to read it first. And he's going to tell me all about it. Oh, he'll know some of those recipes. Oh, there, there we go. I already saw ramen My favorite is a chili corn chip uh, pie. They um, sell those now at the food trucks, don't they, Eddie? Oh, they do the top ramen now with the uh, media. Have you seen a lot of places are doing that? No. You can buy them on food trucks and stuff. And they do the tapatio uh, top ramen. There's a tapatio top ramen now. Do you know that? Wow. We got it here. I'm going to go grab oh one and God. give it to him so he can take it home with him. So I donated a portion of the proceeds to Homeboy Industries and Father Greg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was I, just. I always make sure I buy my water at the airport from Homeboy. They have, that, they have the store there. Oh, their cafe is amazing. They got at, great at, sandwiches. At Homeboy, at, what, at Homeboy Industries? Yeah. A, a homegrown cafe next door? It's a, or, Oh, it's organic food. It is delicious. Yeah. I met the guy that started it um, at an event once. Not, not Father Greg Boyle. Uh, no, one of the. I guess he might be the figurehead of it or something. But okay, it was a like a, a looks like a retired cholo. It's, it's a it's a great. It's uh when you walk in. That's there. the tapatio one. Oh wow! Oh wow! Look at that. And there's extra spicy too. Oh man, stop it! Oh yeah. Oh Eddie. no, don't stop! Now you're talking. You want one? He'll make you one right now. You're talking dirty to me. Oh my god! Let me get you one made one right you're, now. You're wonderfully evil. Yes, I do. Eddie, make him an extra spicy one. Fine, fine, I'll take it. <laughs> it's a love hate thing. Yeah. It's a. Dick, you want to make an extra spicy one for? Extra spicy! Oh my god. That sounds really amazing. Oh, yeah. You're going to love this. Oh, my grandma used to make some of the craziest uh, uh, huevos rancheros and the chile and stuff. Yeah. All homemade. Uh, when grandpa would make it, you always knew when grandpa would make it because when I'd pull up to the house, oftentimes they'd be outside coughing because he made it too strong. It's just like pepper <laughs> spray. So when I'd see them outside coughing, I'd pull up laughing my ass off and also excited because I knew it was going to be hot. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Grandpa made the chili this morning. Honey, go see me. Oh, I put too much uh, chili. It's going to be picosoy. I said, <laughs> okay, Grandpa, cool. I uh, I like uh, chilequiles. That's what chilequiles? I like. Chilequiles? 
I make um, a bomb ass chilaquiles. Yeah, I just like it because I like I like texture. So you get the crunch and the soft and mm-hmm. the, you know. And I think I like the red one better than the green one. Like everyone's starting to make these. They put media in the ramen. They put media. Okay. Oh wow, that looks really good. Okay, I'm gonna stop looking at that. That's that's. Uh, oh yeah, picks Megan you uh, with no BDA though. I got Pavlov big time. Like, yeah. I'm all, You're gonna I'm, be BDA. I'm not even stoned, and I'm already. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you want some weed? By the way, you have. No, afterwards maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We got you if you need it. Yeah. We're very stocked here. <laughs> and you're close to my house too. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. You just you can literally stop by any time. I love. I love that you're here. I just. I yeah. I'd love to come by for fights. I've been really. Oh yeah, low we key. watched the fights last night here. Yeah, did I was I was busy. I was so deep studying and researching and writing. For grandpa, for grandpa, yeah. yeah. Like, what, like it's funny because you can think that you found everything, and you know, you you change a letter or a word, and next thing you know, you tap into like a treasure chest of photos and history, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. And then you're up for like three more hours. What's the direction you want to go with the story? Uh, it's it's. I'm gonna start with the origin story for grandpas as a feature, and then um, I was speaking to my reps about doing um, uh, a mini series just on the carpa scene from the right. 1900s to 1940s. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Remember, I told you the dog was acting like a brat. She does that when she's tired. So she acts like a brat when she's tired. So you'll pick her up so she can sit on your lap and fall asleep. Aww. And that's what she's done now. So the snoring you're hearing is <laughs> is the dog. Well, because she's a pug. She's got big ass eyes. She can't close them. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's how my mom used to sleep. Oh, he knows. She knows. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get a clean one on that? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's my pug. That's, uh... <laughs> so you're really enjoying this podcast, huh? Yeah. Well, how was the fight last night? I mean, Tyron Woodley really wasn't busy enough. He wasn't busy enough. Nah. He stood there, and I don't know what he was waiting for. He would wait for Jake Paul to throw punches, and then he'd throw, try and throw a punch. I'm like. You're the professional fighter here. You should be dictating the pace of this fight. But maybe he was, and that was his way. No. You don't think? Because he was he was, he was fighting a taller guy, and he was fighting on the outside. I mean, you should be fighting on the inside. Because of his long arms. Yeah, the guy's got long arms. You, you should dip in, get put your forehead on his chest, and get busy. But he fought the wrong fight, and he deservedly lost. Wow. And I can't believe he had that nerve to be like, no, I think I won that. I'm like, no, you did not. You, there's no way you should think you won that. Wow. That's interesting. So. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't watch it. It's uh But anytime there's a fight it's, and and I'm home, it's here. We have the fight here every time. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize you were so close to me. Yeah. Oh, what now? Okay. We're we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up there, baby. What 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 are you barking at? Okay, go on. Go on. Go figure it out. Oh. <laughs> anyway, what do you think, Cliff? You good? I, I'm 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 good, man. All right. <laughs> we're going to get you some top ramen, the tapatio, tapatio ramen. Tapatio. I'm excited if you see jockey. Yeah, I want to see. Is it when's it out? Uh, it'll be out in December, but um, I might be able to get you a a link. Yeah, yeah, they do that now, and I, I still haven't. I've gotten sent. I've been sent a few links, and I still don't know how to operate it. Yeah, well, this one will be a very special, closer link, so right. you won't have to do, go through the whole rigor mortis, the whole yeah. thing of. It's confusing. There's a little theater upstairs. I can watch it in. That's why. Oh man, no, this is a beautiful. I mean, we had a crew of ten, so. Wow. Yeah, it was very small. So it was easy to, and we had a live horse horse track. It was live. Like, so I would literally Where'd jump. Where'd you shoot it? At, at, at a turf paradise. Which is? In Northern Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was like a church like on every corner. That oh, part yeah. scared me. 
And that, that just freaked me out. That no, kind of when stuff. you when you walk three miles and you pass eight churches, you're like, how evil are these people in this town? You you need this many churches. That's what I say all like the time. How, are you people this bad that you need this many churches? And then, and how did the church get people? Like, we, we got the better God, or hey, yeah, you'll yeah. get to heaven here. Like, yeah, yeah. What, how do you get people into your parish? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, big sign. God God eats here. Yeah, you know? right? <laughs> like, I didn't know. It was creepy. Like, I'm way cooler with liquor stores than... I would much have rather have a liquor store. Same. At least was, I know I can trust them. Uh. It's the truth. Yeah, some Everclear, some Cisco. Yeah. Remember the old Cisco? No. I, you, remember, you know Cisco. You remember Cisco? Little little bottle of Cisco with Jack. Well, I'd be singing "Distant Lover" out to all the ladies after one little bottle of Cisco. Yeah, grape. It tasted like solid, like liquid Kool Aid syrup. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, but one little, one little. Like I remember my homeboy from Watts. Like here, homie. I'm like, what are you clowning me? You got a OE, a big old OE, and I got a little purple Cisco. Don't worry, you'll be fine. I'm like, whatever, dude. Well. Distant lover, I'm like singing it, walking out the club, just literally singing to chicks like, yeah, man, like I know them personally. I ain't met none of these girls. I'm singing to all of them. Like you're fearless in your twenties. Oh yeah, fearless. <laughs> like I could take all these girls home. <laughs> oh, I was, I was that guy. I was terrible in my thirties. When I started drinking, that's when I was. Uh... I became really like I was getting laid a lot because I was just my game stepped up. My 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 uh, fears went away. I was like, let me talk to this girl. Man. I I didn't realize what a bad reputation I had until I got engaged. And then Did you have a bad my, reputation? I, I, all the, all my exes came out. A bunch of them were mad at me, and then chicks didn't believe it was happening. Like they thought it was like this can't be happening, you know, because I've never been engaged. And I got engaged. <laughs> I've been engaged. Uh, well, this the woman I'm with now. I'm actually marrying her. So. Um, but when? This, the, and f next year, next year, how long we have a date been, and everything. I just don't want to say the date been on here. For like four or five years. No, we haven't even been together that long. Oh, okay. Year and a bit. Oh, okay. But I, we just, we clicked it like we, uh, no, we're just, we just, we get what's, it's that when you go, I went, fuck, I get it now. I get it. How beautiful is that though? To yeah. find a compatible yeah, and she's from Long Beach, you know what I mean? She's not like... Strong Beach? Yeah, she's from the hood part of Long Beach, Ninth and Elm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so she's not like a uh, she's not like a little prissy one. She's, right, but there's something beautiful about people that, that come from places where they had to climb out of yeah. and rise out of, more Yeah, we're very similar in that regard. We both do what we had... We did what we had to do to get to where we had to get. It builds character. Yeah, so struggle. We both appreciate struggle, and we don't appreciate people who don't appreciate struggle. Same, because I'm same. like... You don't know struggle. You don't really know adversity. I can't even hang out with you. Yeah. I can't. I just yeah. can't, can't. And I always liken it to boxing. I like everybody thinks they're going to be good at this. And the first time you get cracked on the jaw and you feel your legs go wobbly and the birds are singing around your head, you go, wow, why did I do this? It's the same with comedy. The first time you get booed off stage is when you find out, are you going to do this more or are you going to quit? How was that? It was, it made me stronger because it made me realize don't let that happen again. It's the same thing with boxing. Oh, did I just drop my right hand? Remind me to keep my right hand up next time. You right, know? but you're not you're not in a, on a, on a stage though. Well, you are sort of. I well, mean, people are watching you. Yeah. Right, but but people didn't pay to come watch you box. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whereas in here, you're hoping to have like a career of sorts. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I would imagine. So, but the first time is the worst time. Is it? Yeah, because you're like, wow, and you know, you play it back in your head, and you realize it was you. It wasn't them. But sometimes, but you also got to know who you're playing to. Yeah, and I was green. I was I was four years into the stand up then. I, that was 90, 1993, you know. I was I've been doing it 32 years. So like at that time, I was like, oh, this. I, my mouth went completely dry. 
And I remember thinking in my head, like it felt, it felt the exact same as doosh. It felt like that. Cause I remember it felt like a dream sequence when it was happening. And I'm like, get me out of here. My head, I'm like, get you, get out of here, run, retreat, get out of here. And I just peace. And I walked off and I remember I wanted to cry, but I, I couldn't cry. Cause I'm like, you look you're like a bigger bitch at that point. So I'm like, I just sat there like numb. I was like, Ugh. but now you probably got ace cards that you know that you can pull out. Well, now you now you know if it's you or not, right? And at that time, I knew it was me. But now, now uh, the further you get into it, you know when it's them, and you know, and you also know where you went wrong. You all can point pinpoint, but right there is when I made the wrong turn. So what was it? A bad joke? No, it just wasn't ready. It was I was opening for the Far Side, um, and they were hot as hell at the time. They had passing me by out, and it was in Toronto, it was my hometown, and and I'm a hip hop guy. But the you know the scene doesn't really know me that nobody knows i'm nobody at the time and i had a i had this baseball jersey made to wear on stage that said strictly hip-hop and it was it was cream and red and i wore these red jeans with it and uh and here's why i made the first mistake i got this dope jersey made and then i tucked it in my pants <laughs> like like it was a shirt and yeah. i'm like idiot so i walked out and the audience was like who's this clown and then and then from there, you know, just bam, bam, boo, boo, get off. But wait, and, so, so how do you... And, I, and you know, thinking back, had I had more experience in the comedy world, I could have won them over. Really? But I was just so... Not, I, I had not had that happen before. I had no real adversity happen in the comedy world at that point. So. so how do you go about going on the second time? And what's the fear factor like on that second time? Well, no, you know where you went wrong. You, you realize what you did wrong and you, and you don't do that again. It's the same in boxing. Try to correct that mistake. It's the same martial arts, you know. And you and you and I bombed in front of people I wanted to not bomb in front. Wow. of. Wow. So so the, so the stakes got to be way higher. Yeah, but again, still nobody knows who I am. I've not done any TV. Gotcha. So, I'm invisible so you kind of have still. a clean slate, so to speak. Yeah, and you have the like personal experience now. And there's no internet. I mean, there's no. There literally was no internet yet at that time. There was no. But social, you knew that. I knew, and even that's though where the you, audience that's, didn't. That's know. where you dig into yourself. So did you? So did you go back and you put it back together? Like I don't do that. Or did you modify the routine? No, it wasn't even. It wasn't even the act. It was. It was visual. It was tone. It was all the things you don't pay attention to. And that's when I became more aware of what I'm wearing on stage and how I'm wearing it. And I, you know, I still pride myself on how I dress when I go on stage. Interesting. Okay. Well, I love that insight. She smells your food. She's like, ah, tapatio, ramen tapatio me gusta mucho. He's the new, the new face of, of ramen. She is. They, they, got, they, don't, they don't make puppy ramen. They probably do. They probably do. They make huh? everything for everyone now. They do, don't they? Because people get offended. Oh, she's coming around to your, she's coming around. All right. Let's wrap this up. Cool, now. brother. Um, Thanks so much, Clifton. Dude, for, thank you. Thank you for the uh, invite, my I mean, man. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you did it. I didn't think we would get you, to be honest with you. What? No, I don't I'll, know. I just look at you like, I look at actors like they're busy. They got things to do. I forgot. I have a book here in case you was busy so that I could finish reading this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, you know, I was, so, and for me, you know, you're, you're not like a, 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 a B-list actor. You're an A-list actor. I appreciate that. I don't see myself as that. Well, but thank you should you, see yourself as that because you are. You probably have a, a quote, a rate. Uh, no, not really. You should get a rate. Paulie, get him a rate. Maybe Pros I have and a Collins rate. is available. Um, his, his starting rate is uh, $5 million, but you can negotiate up or down from there. I'm, okay, happy, to go, I'm happy to go either way. Come here. Come here. Anywhere, anywhere from... It's over. 
Jockey's a yeah, it's a special. He's one. He's gonna I'm, get a, uh, an endorsement deal from Jockey, the underwear brand. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we're doing the Academy push, so we're we're excited about that. And that's the first time that we're, you know, people think I got nominated for Capote, which is kind of funny to go to. Like, oh, like, oh, man, I was like getting an Oscar for that. And just like, oh, it's great. I just keep walking. Yeah. I can't yeah. even get nominated. <laughs> well, I, you know, that's... Uh, perception, right? It's all about perception. This whole game is about perception. It really is. Because, you know, again, you know, you don't... You're one of those guys who is un, un, unpinpointable. Like, is he that guy or is he this guy? Because he plays them both really well. Which guy is this guy, you know? And that's fun for me. Yeah, because you can that. play it off according to how you feel. How you want that person to perceive you is how, is how you can handle the situation. Do I want them to know I'm a nice guy? Maybe I don't. Maybe I sense dickiness from them, and I'm going to give them this version of me. It's good to just be quiet and observe. Yeah. And just well, pay attention, yeah. and you'll know right away. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. So Clifton Collins Jr., Gonzalez Gonzalez. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. That same, um, brother. This is Russell Peters. This was this episode of Culturally Cancelled with myself in my backyard with horns, sirens, um, helicopters, airplanes, and of course, Paulie's fucking phone went off. And a snoring puppy. And then Kangol Kid once again reappeared. And baby, baby C is here and it was her birthday. It's happy birthday, baby. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you like the podcast, please be sure to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts so more people can find out about it. And if you didn't like it, go fuck yourself. And follow us on Instagram at culturallyrp on Twitter. We're also on YouTube if you want to see what the backyard kind of looks like. You don't really see what the backyard looks like. You just see where my smoking section looks like. And you can probably sneak a peek in the house, you weirdo. Also, we have a phone line now, so call and leave a message. You can ask me about whatever you want to ask me about. Hip-hop, parenting, food, boxing, MMA, relationships, comedy, sex. I don't give a shit. Ask me whatever you want. If you want to leave a message, the phone number is 424-666-1983. That's 424-666-1983. Until next week, I'm Russell Peters. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.